Podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. This is an encore appearance on the Paracast with Gene Steinberg and our co-host Chris O'Brien. We're going to be talking again with Dr. John Brandenburg. And the last time he joined us, and that's the January 2nd, 2011 show, the first of the year, he was talking about lots of interesting things, including the book that he was working on at the time called Life and Death on Mars, The New Mars Synthesis. Well, since then, the book has been published, and this is one of the first shows anywhere on this planet, maybe not on Mars, where you'll hear all about it. And we'll talk about the book and why a plasma physicist became intrigued with the red planet and why people in general are intrigued with the red planet so john welcome back to the paracast hey uh chris gene it's great to be back and uh yeah we got a lot to talk about Um, well actually john has a new book coming out uh that's called uh beyond einstein's relativity is that (laughs) no beyond einstein's unified unified field field. okay right gravitational electromagnetism Redefined is the subtitle, and this That's is right. it's uh, basically quite... about the gem unification theory that I have developed. Right, which is one of uh, your major career goals that you've been working that on for quite major, a number of years. One of my major career goals, yes. Right, since eleven but, years. But uh, we're going to be covering that, and as well as uh, your, you know, most recent book that's that's been published called "Life and Death on Mars: The New Mars Synthesis." And we're going to be getting yes. into a lot of the interesting aspects of your work, your sideline work studying Mars uh, that we weren't able to cover in in your first appearance on the show. And uh, there's a lot of interesting stuff I want to get into about that, including your theory of an airburst nuclear explosion on Mars, which we'll we'll cover as well. Yes. One of the things I wanted to start with, John, is the fascination. We all have a fascination with Mars. Why yes. is that? Is it because somewhere in our racial memory we came from there, really? Or is it just because that, Mars is there and it's distinct? Uh, yeah, there is a very eerie sense that perhaps we all want to go back to Mars because that's where we started from. And based on the best science we have now, you know, they've, of course, had NASA scientists say that we've they'd found signs of life on early Mars from this one ALH-8401, the Mars rock. And um, that shows that life was on Mars about as soon as the solar system formed. And they've also found evidence uh, in Earth rocks that going back almost 4 billion years that Earth was alive almost as soon as the surface cooled off enough to have an ocean. And, uh, of course, you know, when the Earth first formed, it was really hot, and and so was Mars. But Mars cooled off quicker. It was far from the sun, and it was smaller. So both Earth and Mars probably were seeded from the same source. The universe is probably full of spores of living uh, uh, that that basically, just like um, that cupcake you push to the back of your refrigerator somehow gets mold on it, you don't know how <laughs> after a couple months. Um, the same thing has happened to the planets. Basically, there's spores in space that basically end up on the planets. And it's called pan- this idea is called panspermia, by the way. It's a, very, it's a very old idea. It actually goes back to the ancient Greeks. But the, uh, what happened was Mars probably became biologically a growing concern far earlier than Earth. Earth was a little back. Earth was a big hothouse, uh, kind of a giant swamp where only the most kind of primitive kind of bugs lived. 
Mars cooled off, became much more like Earth is now, and probably supported advanced life forms much before Earth did. Earth actually for about four, Earth was formed four and a half billion years ago. For about four billion years of that, there almost nothing happened on Earth. There was just bacteria and mold and stuff like that, maybe a little algae. And uh, there was, uh, and then suddenly half a billion years ago, we had what was called the Precambrian explosion, where suddenly life on Earth just blossomed into all these different forms and all this evolution. And there was one of the things that appeared was actually predators, predators that breathed oxygen. And uh, you must understand in the bacterial world, oxygen is like nitro is to drag racing. It is a high energy fuel. And once a bacteria masters uh, burning oxygen, it can outrun all of the other predators and, and bugs that use just like make methane and stuff like that, what's called anaerobic respiration that has far less energy. Now, the question has always been what triggered this explosion of life on Earth, a cornucopia of strange stuff. I mean, stuff that is so weird, they call them hallucinogens is one of the uh, species they found because it looks so weird. Um, it looked like something from a hallucination. And this all happened half a billion years ago. About that same time on Mars, a big asteroid apparently plowed into Mars and probably spewed rocks, covered with Mars life all throughout space. And so the Precambrian explosion, Mars died as, you know, its biosphere apparently collapsed because of this big asteroid impact, just about the time life really got going on Earth. And so perhaps the Precambrian explosion was an invasion from Mars. <laughs> well, and this brings up an interesting point, John. Uh, just so the advanced life on Earth is actually Martian. The, the old bacteria, botulism, stuff like, stuff like botulism. <laughs> That's old primitive life on Earth. The new life on Earth, you know, um, multicellular animals, jellyfish, you know, trilobites, stuff like that. That's that may be Martian. Well, and rode here on meteorites. Let me interrupt you here for a second because the current the current Journal of Cosmology. There's a very interesting paper that's been published by Dr. Richard Hoover, which talks about fossil fossils of uh, cyanobacteria that have been found on carbonaceous meteorites. Yeah, he, he found and algae. Actually, NASA, NASA agreed with his results, and now they're backtracking. You want to talk about that oh, briefly? Yeah. Oh, oh, yes. Well, what thing you have to realize, we're poised on the edge of a second Copernican revolution. We're gonna, we don't think we're the geometric center of the universe, but everybody thinks we're the center of the biological universe. We're the masters of the only thing in the universe that matters, that's alive. Except if and you watch Star Trek, and of course you have all these other races, but then who believes Star Trek, right? Uh, well, yeah. That, uh, remember 1984, you had doublethink. People can entertain two contradictory ideas in their mind at the same time. One of them is that we are masters of the universe, the human race. And that's because we are masters of this little oasis in the middle of the desert. And we think that that is the entire world. There's just this oasis, living oasis, and then desert, lifeless desert. And at the same time, you tell other ask scientists who are criticizing anytime anybody like Hoover finds evidence for extraterrestrial life, they jump all over him. What happened, or in the case of NASA, they try to disown him, even though he's been a serious NASA researcher. And this man is a very careful man. I've talked to him. 
He's very careful with his techniques. He is, his findings are solid. And I'm going to tell you the really big shoe that's going to drop here just in a minute. But I'll tell you, people, even science, educated scientists, do not like the idea that they're going to find extraterrestrial life. It's, it's the difference between an idea in the abstract and the idea in the real. And the idea in the real means they are demoted. It's almost as if they're telling me, uh, Brandenburg, I have struggled and... Uh, to become head of my department, and I'm bucking for dean of arts and sciences, and you're telling me I'm nothing? <laughs> so basically the arrival of knowledge that E.T. is here, yeah, or E.T. is real. close enough to be real. Okay, so that knowledge you're saying can basically destroy the destroy conventional mainstream science. Yep. Okay. Yep, and, and I'll tell you the other shoe that's going to drop, by the way, that the meteorites he carved into are actually from Mars. I published that in a uh, paper in 1996. That's the other shoe that's going to drop. Yeah, we'll go into that more in a moment because we okay, have another great. shoe that sure. has to drop. It's called the sponsorship shoe. <laughs> and I don't know if we're selling shoes we'll or not. put a cushion under it. <laughs> we're talking to Dr. John, John Brandenburg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in. Barricast. All right. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HDTV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part? The pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. On the average, Americans work between 45 to 50 years, hoping to build up enough wealth to retire and live out their golden years. Unfortunately, with taxation, the rising cost of food, energy, housing, and medical, many retirees are forced to live below the poverty line. Is this a flaw free enterprise, or is our monetary unit we call the Federal Reserve Note forcing us into perpetual debt, ensuring inflation and higher taxes? These questions and more can be answered by reading G. Edward Griffin's book, The Creature from Jekyll Island. Congressman Ron Paul states it's what every American needs to know about central bank power. A gripping adventure into the secret world of international banking cartel. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. I will give a silver dollar from the early 1900s to anyone who purchases this book. Call 1-800-686-2237 and order a copy today. It's critical that the public be made aware of the system. Call and order your copy today at 1-800-686-2237. That's 1-800-686-2237. Alex has told you that the Mideast uprisings over food prices and shortages caused by fuel costs are spreading worldwide. We're seeing the impact right here in the United States. 
Ethanol that was supposed to reduce petroleum use and fuel prices hit a 30-month high in February, and pump prices are expected to reach $5 a gallon. Because of shipping costs, food is being priced out of the reach of millions of Americans with an expected 35% jump in the next 60 days. Move quickly while you can still afford it, and eFoods Direct will pay your shipping costs for you. For the best-tasting, long-term storable food, you pay nothing for shipping and can put every dollar into food at today's prices. eFoods Direct, food so delicious you can serve it tonight or save it for the future. Take advantage of free shipping by calling 800-409-5633 on the web, efoodsdirect.com slash alex, 800-409-5633 or efoodsdirect.com slash alex. Did you know that drinking pure, high-alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com We return with the lively Dr. John Brandenburg. He's a plasma physicist. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast and we were discussing other shoes. All those other other shoes out there that begin and end with what's happening, our knowledge about Mars. So you're saying that the meteorites that supposedly contain evidence of E.T., they are from Mars, all of them? They are also from Mars, like ALH-8401. And what it is is the the way you tell where a meteorite comes from is oxygen isotopes and chromium isotopes. And you can rank every major body in the solar system has a distinctive signature, apparently, in oxygen isotopes. You know, the oxygen chemicals are all the same. The oxygen chemically acts the same, So, it, but the nuclear structure is slightly different among the oxygens. Mars has a slightly lighter type of oxygen mix of isotopes than Earth does. So that's how they can tell if a rock is from Mars. They test the iso- oxygen isotopes, and it says, okay, Mars. All the, all the meteorites from Mars have the same oxygen isotopes. What's incident- is really interesting is the uh, isotopes for Earth are identical to the Moon, so that's why people believe the Moon actually and the Earth formed together or, or split apart or something. Their isotopes are the same. Now, also, there's another new isotope system called chromium, 
and that identifies Mars versus Earth and other planets or like uh, other meteorites from the asteroid belt. They have the different asteroids in the asteroid belt apparently have different signatures. However, if you test the CI for their oxygen isotopes and their chromium isotopes, it says Mars. And this, by the way, got an extremely angry reaction when I published it because <laughs> the, the CI are 2% organic matter. And they're very ancient, like ALH-8401, they're four and a half billion years old. Apparently, they're old Martian lake bottom is what they are. Lakes formed on Mars full of cosmic dust, forming mud, and then that got blown into space by other big rocks and sent to Earth, and that's the CI. And Are all meteorites so, from Mars or just the subset? No, 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 no. Only one in a million meteorites is from Mars. There are millions of meteorites in the collections. There are only a dozen CI, and there are only a dozen Mars me- recognized Mars meteorites. So they're about they're about 50-50. If you include the CI with the Mars meteorites, then um, you have about 24 meteorites all told out of millions that fall out of the sky. Most of the meteorites come from the asteroid belt where there's constantly collisions between asteroids and that blows little chunks off them and then they end up on Earth. And as it turns out, there are little pieces of lava in the CI and the lava matches Mars. The, Mar- the Mars meteorites are all lavas and those lavas have a uh, element in them called olivine and the olivine in the CI matches Mars chemically and, so- isoto- and its isotopes. So they're, but by the way, People were very angry with me when I made this. I published it. I had, it was a big fight to get it published. I published it. People would show up at meetings and be angry with me. <laughs> yeah, but and, you're such a nice guy. How could they be angry? I know, I know. But apparently I, I really annoy certain people, and, uh, especially, <laughs> well, if they have long gray, especially if this? they have long gray beards. And I tend to pull on their beards when I'm arguing with them. And this one guy got up and said, what you said is absolutely wrong. And I thought, I thought, wait a minute, I know this guy. And I checked my notes, What the statement I had made that there were, by the way, the, the CI don't have any little sub hypervelocity impacts on them, like every other meteorite except the Mars meteorites. And I said, they don't have any hypervelocity impacts. And he got up and said, that's not true, bah humbug. And I checked my notes. I had quoted his article on the CI for meteorites. <laughs> so I said, I showed this to him. After, in the hallway, I said, his name was John also. I said, John, you just contradicted your own article in there. He just looks at me and says, just because the isotopes say they're for Mars, that doesn't mean they're for Mars. What stomped away. <laughs> oh, but the, the isotopes don't lie, though. The isotope, they're, they're basically fingerprints. The fingerprint. These things have the same fingerprints as the Mars meteorites, and that means they're from Mars. And that means if you cut them open and find bacteria in them, you're basically just uh, validating the the work of McKay and company at NASA. They what they what Hoover has basically all done all over again is discover life on Mars, and uh, which makes perfect sense because well he doesn't mention anywhere in his paper in the abstract at least oh I know uh, we've discussed that and he basically said well John uh, I'm just trying to get people to believe that they're actually these you know these bacteria (laughs) he said I don't want to get involved in the big fight about where where they come from (laughs) 
right, right. He, he so, says everyone believes they come from outer space. And he says, so therefore, if I find bacteria in them and they're from outer space, then there's life in outer space. And, right, baby steps. And I, and baby I understand steps. that. He's trying to... <laughs> He's trying to pull everybody along gently. Okay, let me ask the yeah, obvious I mean, question that occurs to me, John. And that yeah. is, okay, so maybe this evidence of life in outer space is Martian. But is there any evidence anywhere of life in outer space elsewhere? Yes, there is. There's a completely different type of meteorite, which is similar. It's similar to the CI. It's kind of watery. Uh, it's, it's dried out clay. But it's full of, it's riddled with uh, uh, bullet holes from hypervelocity impacts out in the asteroid belt. It's clearly from the asteroid belt. And they found a bacteria fossil in that, too, and it's called Murchison. And right. the reason Murchison is important, it's what's called a CM, carbonaceous chondrite. And its oxygen isotopes, by the way, are, are absolutely different than the CI and the Mars meteorites and Earth. They are completely different. And... Uh, they are probably most likely from the asteroid belt. They look like they're from the asteroid belt. Um, and what happened is people, uh, they, they picked this thing up when it, when it was still hot. It fell in Australia, and they picked it up and um, basically put it in a, you know, a sterile canister. So there's no question that it was contaminated with Earth life. And then they found this fossil uh, and if they, you know, it's very sparse. And I think they found just a few fossils in Murchison of bacteria or what looked like bacteria. And um, it's a, um, so, so there is a separate line of evidence for just life in outer space, spores that float around. But when they find, um, when they find a place like Earth or Mars, a warm, wet place, it's just like, you know, Fungus finding that that nice cupcake in the back of your refrigerator that you forgot about. <laughs> so basically, ladies and gentlemen, I want to make this very clear to you, perfectly clear. We're fungus, okay? We're, we're fungus, fungus that we came were, to Earth. We're opportunistic fungus. <laughs> opportunistic fungus. I like to repeat that five times backwards. That's right. We have Dr. John Brandenburg. His new book just out is called Life and Death on Mars: The New Mars Synthesis. And we'll explore the Martians and the mysteries and lots more. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack, Attack. of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans the galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack, Attack. of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack Attack of the Rockoids, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. 
The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze-Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's freezedryguy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze-Dry Guy, the best you can buy. We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $220. And the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. It's the winter cold and flu supplement sale at HerbalHealer.com. Take advantage of Herbal Healer Academy's incredible savings on the best cold and flu supplements available. Many of you know elderberry is exceptional against viral infections. Right now, Herbal Healer Academy has elderberry power. Regularly priced at $16.95, now incredibly low at only $10 for 60 vegetarian caps. For children and seniors, our Herbal Healer Academy flew away elderberry liquid is only $13 for a 4-ounce bottle. Also on Super Sale, olive leaf capsules, oregano oil plus capsules, and our incredible Respirate formula, Oregacillin Physician Strength Capsules for your lungs. Normally $34.95, now just $25. Hit the winter specials link at HerbalHealer.com for these cold and flu supplement specials and other on-sale products like apple cider vinegar, brain power, and neuro recovery. New customers get a free catalog with your first order. Log on and hit the winter specials now at HerbalHealer.com. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is Jim Mosley, editor of Saucer Smear, and I'm here to say a good word or two about the Paracast, which I believe is the gold standard of paranormal radio. Listen to it if you can. We have Dr. John Brandenburg's second visit to the Paracast because the last time he was here, he had this book coming out that we kind of touched on called Life and Death on Mars, the New Mars Synthesis. Chris O'Brien's the co-host. This week, we're going to be covering that book and all the ramifications thereof. Now, when we look at Mars and we're seeing these microbes. The CI being from Mars and even a picture of one of the... uh 
algae growths that Hoover had found, that's in the book. So the book was published with the knowledge that Hoover was finding these things. So basically you actually predicted the news cycle. I did. Kind of. Kind of, sort of. Okay. Uh, yeah. But the key here is, though, is that we're looking <laughs> the main here at thing something. what you can do, yeah. what inspiration you can get out of a rum bottle. But I wanted to just cover here. Okay, so we look at this thing and we have these ancient meteorites that might have helped seed our planet. So maybe in some vague sense we are the Martians come back. That's right. It's like we want to return ourselves. Seriously, is that why we have this longing for Mars? I'm serious about that. It's it's almost it's almost as if we're nostalgic for our old little uh, little puddles of mud on Mars where we formed our genetic material. <laughs> so basically now, if the Dead Sea Bottoms of Barsoom, as the late, great Edgar Wright <laughs> Burroughs wrote about, you know, well oh, over 100 great. years ago, John Carter of Mars, by the way, they're making a movie of that. All right? I have Good no for them. information. Okay, so we now have this fascination with Mars, but we have always looked for Martian mysteries that intrigue us, and maybe I'd like to cover some of the things that we look at. So, for example, at one time we thought there were canals on Mars. I That's mean, right. as recently as maybe the 50s and 60s, we said, well, oh. maybe these are canals and they are remnants of some kind of ancient artificial construct. But what well, happened with that? That kind of went by the wayside. Well, they got the first probes to Mars so they could actually look at Mars. Uh, when you look at Earth from Earth through the atmosphere at Mars, it's like looking down a hot highway in the Mojave. You see all these heat waves constantly blurring the image of Mars. And your, your eye is basically built, part of our survival software in the eye-brain system is to connect dots, <laughs> particularly straight lines. Because <laughs> those mean if you're in the woods, if one of our ancestors is in the woods, and fails to spot the straight line coming straight at him, then he is dead. (laughs) And he no longer contributes to the gene pool. Straight things are associated with man's worst enemy, which is other men, (laughs) other human beings, carrying spears and shooting arrows. So those are straight. Those things are straight, so they'll fly fly right. And so when the human eye looked, the human eye was the best optic system they had in those days they couldn't and you couldn't take good photographs of Mars because the photographs just looked blurry because they would by the time the uh, you got enough light from Mars to expose the photographic image the the heat waves in the Earth's atmosphere had smeared it out so they would basically spend hours staring through the telescope looking at Mars and trying to connect you know make sense out of what they were seeing and that was, uh, they tended to connect dots on Mars, and that's where the canals apparently came from. Now, when we got to Mars, we didn't find any canals, and that was a big disappointment. And a lot of people then just said, in fact, we found a bunch of craters, and people were very frightened during the Cold War at that time. And it was like they just said, oh, Mars is dead. It's like the moon. Uh, forget Mars. And it was only later when they got better probes that they found out that Mars was covered with dried river channels. So the, the canals of Lowell became basically the river, dried river channels of Bardensum that we see now. Mars is covered with dry river channels. 
they have oceans of water flowing around on Mars perhaps half a billion years ago. So we see now that we're talking about ancient life, nothing yes. recent. So well, it's it's Mars is only a shell of what it once once was. Uh, what turned Mars from a planet that probably looked from a distance much like Earth was a Mars is next to the asteroid belt, and so it was just an accident waiting to happen. Um, it had a big ocean, and you you know that oceanfront property is always popular because it stays the temperatures stay mild because the ocean is a big heat reservoir it stays warm in the winter and cooler in the summer and at the same time oceans can store uh, especially if you have a big co2 greenhouse like on venus if you had that on mars the ocean stores a whole bunch of carbon dioxide as soda water so if there's any, like a big impact from an asteroid or something on Mars and it wipe, blows away part of the atmosphere and tries to chill the planet, then the ocean keeps the planet warm and bubbles out more carbon dioxide to replace the atmosphere that was lost. And Mars can kind of just keep going. But if there's too big of an asteroid, and Carl Sagan, believe it or not, was the first person to figure this out, and I give him credit in the book, he figured out that if you that if you had this big CO2 greenhouse on Mars, you could have liquid water, ocean, rivers, that it was an accident waiting to happen. It was like a big boulder on top of a cliff. If something nudged it, it would fall off the cliff and wouldn't be able to get back up again because carbon dioxide, as you know, forms dry ice. And it, things get cold enough on Mars to form dry ice at the poles, and if you had a big asteroid that produced kind of a nuclear winter sort of situation, the temperature could quickly drop in the Martian poles far below Antarctica uh, on Earth. And you, the dry ice actually starts, the carbon dioxide will freeze out of the atmosphere. Once the free, starts freezing out of the atmosphere, it gets colder because the greenhouse effect goes away because it depends on the carbon dioxide. So it's a, it feeds on itself. So you get a planetary-wide climate collapse. And as I said, Carl Sagan was the first person to point out that Mars had the potential for a climate collapse. Earth okay, so Mars like is still is kind of a dead world now, though. Maybe we have microbes there, but the yeah, ET, yeah, the Martians, the, didn't disappear into the caves to keep going. We probably, we, I am certain that there are colonies in like little caves and geothermal hot springs and stuff where Martian life is still going just fine, but it's only a, a shadow of the former biosphere. It's, it's the few surviving bugs that held on. Uh, that's, you know, Mars is putting out a lot of methane, as it turns out, and that's probably some of the surviving bugs feasting off of the old um, plants they got buried on Mars. They're making swamp gas, basically. So basically here, if there were intelligent Martians, in the way we describe intelligence, yes, knowing this happened, they would have left the planet long ago if they could, or they just died out. If they could have left, they would have left. Um, in fact, you can kind of make a rough estimate how how advanced life got on Mars because they apparently weren't advanced enough to stop the asteroid. 
and the asteroid impact basin that apparently formed and destroyed Mars' climate system is called L-Y-O-T. It's pronounced Leo, but it's French, so we'd pronounce it Lyot, but it's actually Leo, pronounced Leo. And that, um, that was as big as the one that wiped out the dinosaurs, only it happened to a planet only half the size of Earth with half the sunlight. And the, if there were people on Mars like us, they didn't have a space program. That's because the Congress decided to cut the appropriations. That's always the reason. Well, it That's decided. That's why that we have be- plasma physicist Dr. John Brandenburg. The book is Life and Death on Mars, the new Mars synthesis. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats i can't even list them download now to see if graphic converter is good for you like one and a half million other users guess what you could save money when you buy graphic converter use the coupon code night owl use the coupon code night owl to get a special price for graphic converter go to lemkesoft.com that's l-e-m-k-e soft.com lemkesoft.com l-e-m-k-e soft.com Becoming a modern smoker is now easier and more cost-effective, thanks to LeSig. Traditional smokers the world over love LeSig. E-cigarettes with a look, feel, and taste of real cigarettes, but without the nasty smoke, ashes, or stains. LeSig is powered by revolutionary microelectronic technology. A small, rechargeable battery and unique replaceable cartridge provide all the satisfaction and benefits of smoking without the smoke and all the hazards. See the large variety of LeSig e-cigarette supplies and accessories at LeSig.com. That's L-E-C-I. LeSig is competitively priced, comes with the best customer service, a 30-day warranty, and satisfaction guaranteed. What a great gift idea. For a 10% discount, mention GCN when you call 870-518-4307. That's 870-518-4307. Ask for fast, free, same-day shipping. Order online at LeSig.com and use promo code GCN at checkout. That's L-E-C-I-G.com. LeSig, for today's modern smoker. There's mounting evidence suggesting that there are people, governments, corporations, and whole professions intent on short-circuiting humanity's well-being. GMO, food legislation protecting big agriculture, the attempted elimination of vitamins and alternative medicines, it seems their hand has been tipped. They want to dictate your health, wealth, and your longevity. Whatever the outcome, we have a solution. Wild edible food. Why worry about food when all has been provided? We imagine that we were ejected from the garden and never invited back, but the garden's still here. There is an endless wild abundance which grows all over our green earth, just waiting for you to wake up and see it. Let author Linda Runyon teach you how to see, know, get, prepare, store, and eat wild edible food. Save money, add nutrition, and ignore the noise when you go shopping in nature's supermarket. Go to ofthefield.com and get started today. Or call 1-888-51-EAT-FREE. 
That's ofthefield.com or call 1-888-51-EAT-FREE and begin to see a different world. Normal blood pressure, naturally. How would that make you feel? I'm Don from New Mexico. January of 2000, I had a heart attack. Then my real health began going downhill, and I had uh, high blood pressure, high blood sugar, poor vision, and I really wasn't sleeping well. I was a mess, pretty much. Don reports dramatic improvements with heart and body extract. I started taking uh, heart and body extract, and from within a few days, I started sleeping a lot better. My blood pressure uh, normalized, my blood sugar normalized, and uh, my sleep really did improve. Experience these benefits and more when your body gets what it needs with the assistance of heart and body extract. Order at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. That's hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305. And folks, I did not expect this at all. By the 7th, 8th, and ninth day, I saw dramatic improvements from taking heart and body extract. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for heart and body extract. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. You're in the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. Another big segment with Dr. John Brandenburg. We're talking about the Martian mysteries and if there were some kind of intelligence on Mars, they didn't advance enough to get off planet when the catastrophe, the cataclysm occurred. Our space program has actually enhanced the human chances of surviving for the next thousand years because we have enough space technology now and enough uh, telescope technology and, quite frankly, enough uh, nuclear weapons technology, if we need it, to destroy or deflect an as- a large asteroid that would come into this planet to, um, uh, to destroy it. So like the movie Armageddon with Bruce Willis, it can lead the oil crew to some kind of asteroid and probably destroy it. I, I really like that movie, except for the science. <laughs> Well, it's, and, it's a movie, uh, you know. What can you expect? It was a movie. It's a Jerry uh, I, Bruckheimer uh, movie. When does Jerry Bruckheimer ever specialize in scientific accuracy? <laughs> uh, since he married Julie Chen. <laughs> um, she made the. She was the person running Big Brother for a while. They got married, apparently. Yep. Sure. Wanted to go into a few things here. If we're going to look at the things we see on Mars, it may have indicated more life in the past. The planet has undergone all these cataclysms and everything. What about the face on Mars? Is that something oh. that represents any reality or could represent any reality? Um, I'm going to be commenting further on that later. Um, basically, we have a lot of nice pictures of it now. For something that's not supposed to be important, NASA sure takes a lot of pictures of it. Well, you know, and, they have to put your tax dollars to work. But you uh, know what? Well, you yeah, said that, you're going to have more to say. Let's say it right now, you know, because this is one of the things that we kind of think. Well, we, pub- we published a hypothesis. Sure. Uh, we published the hypothesis back at, it was myself, Vince DiPietro, and Greg Molinar, two of the original researchers, and we put together a hypothesis that Mars had been like Earth in the past, 
and uh, that, like Earth, it had developed an indigenous intelligent species and uh, who built large monuments like the pyramids and the Sphinx or the big stone heads in, of the Olmecs. And um, that that's what we're seeing. We found uh, not only uh, big head face and pyramid at Cydonia, but other structures that look archaeological. And then there's another area called Utopia, uh, which has been given the fancy name Galaxis Chaos for a specific area. And we found what looks like another face on Mars. It looks very much like the first one, and it's only about two-thirds of the size. In fact, there are two faces. And uh, we published all of that in a scientific journal called the Journal of Scientific Exploration. And we published it before the Mars Observer was supposed to go up and put this matter to rest one way or another. And I stand by my hypothesis that Cydonia is the remnants of an indigenous you know, indigenous civilization, humanoid civilization on Mars, and uh, I stand by that hypothesis. I consider the new pictures have verified it. John, if you're if what you're describing in terms of a timeline is correct, then these features must have been made 500 million years ago, years and, ago. and and they've only been weathered to the degree that we see now. Well, Mars went into a big deep freeze and lost most of its atmosphere. Most of its at, most of Mars' atmosphere froze out on the surface. Now, that meant the rates of erosion on Mars dropped to only a thousandth of what wow, they are okay. now. Wow, okay, that makes sense then, yeah. Yeah, so almost no air. Um, a very, there's no freeze-thaw cycle on Earth, which does a lot of the erosion on Earth. And, um, you know, the, the Sphinx is probably like 10,000 years old, if you believe the, uh, the work of shock. It's about 4,000 years old, if you believe mainstream um, archaeologists. But it's been fairly well preserved. It's been vandalized. <laughs> Napoleon shot its nose off. Blew its right? nose off. <laughs> right. And he was jealous because <laughs> it was bigger, bigger than his nose. So... Uh, it's possible to have, and but also, by the way, we predicted in the Cydonian hypothesis that we would see signs of erosion because, you know, it would look like an eroded, all archaeology on Earth is eroded by the weather. It's, and if it's made out of really good rock, like the Olmec heads in uh, Central America were buried in the um, jungle, and they were made of really tough basalt, volcanic yeah. rock. So they're actually how did they how did they some, form those There's some things. of those. What's that? How did, how did they even carve basalt with no uh, with no iron? I, it's it's a mystery. Uh, and in fact, the features of the look African. Look like, uh, um, you know, that there's somehow people from Africa came and settled in. Um, uh, Central America. So, and some of the, there's about 20 Olmec heads. Some of them look very much like the face on Mars. I mean, in terms of the helmet ornaments and everything. So, um, we published that hypothesis, and uh, as uh, people have said, them's my words, and I'm sticking to them. <laughs> uh, I, I still believe the Cydonian hypothesis is uh, valid. 
and I believe the new data tends to support it rather than refute it. You have to think about the impact of science. It's one thing to say E.T. is here and close and personal today. Yeah. But to say E.T. may have been there. There may have been intelligent species on Mars 10,000, 100,000, a million years ago. That shouldn't be such a big stretch because it doesn't overturn no. what we know today, or does it? Um, as usual, things are kind of complicated because let's just hypothetically say that we're not alone in the universe and they're living ETs out there with spaceships, kind of in the shape of saucers that buzz around here. And the government knows that. Let's just say, hypothetically, there's a government cover-up of that knowledge. And by the way, that we had another Dr. John last week, Dr. John Alexander, who said precisely the reverse. As someone who has been involved in government work and in the military, he said there is no conspiracy. <laughs> I can categorically say there is no cover-up. <laughs> Uh, well, that's interesting. Doesn't sound like you agree well, with that. That's interesting that, that, to hear that he would say that after working in the government all these years. And uh, uh, I wrote a very good novel about this called Morningstar Pass, The Collapse of the UFO Cover. Of course, I didn't write it. It was written by this guy I know real well named Victor Norgard. And uh, in, the, in the novel, the whole UFO cover-up is explored and then finally collapses. <laughs> And because uh, the two women newscasters, as it turns out, <laughs> what force on earth would be powerful enough to overthrow the UFO cover-up? Well, <laughs> these two beautiful women <laughs> that no one can say no to. <laughs> so basically, it's not the scientist, the male scientist with the beautiful assistant. We don't do no. that anymore. Oh, no, no, no. These are two... Uh, you know, there's a new character in in fiction and in real life, and that's called the female hero. And um, I have a male hero, but I also have female heroes, and they're kind of harken back to imagine Russian women fighting in the part red partisans in the woods against the Germans, you know, carrying uh, uh, those uh, big round clip... Uh, uh, it was before the AK-47. It was that big round clip thing, uh, the Pepeshaw. And uh, knowing if they're captured, they'll be tortured to death. And uh, doesn't bother them anyway. Doesn't bother them at all. That's a real motivation. And, uh, what, Ted? It's a real motivation to be pretty bad badass. I think. Oh yeah. So they, um, yeah, they're women who have fought in wars just as heroically as any man, especially modern well, war. The Amazons. Where, yeah, the modern Amazons. And, um, yeah, the Greeks knew women could fight, especially if you give them bows. The Amazons were specialists in bows and arrows. <laughs> Death at a distance. And, and uh, Xena, queen of the jungle. Xena, queen of the jungle, absolutely. One of my favorite shows for a while. It was a Tanya uh, Alexander or was it? Well, Tanya the lead Lawless. star was Lucy Lawless. Oh, oh, then there was Lucy Lawless. Oh, Zena. Oh, is that Zena? Yeah. Okay. Lucy Lawless, yes. I'm a big fan of Lucy Lawless. And, um, we also saw her on Battlestar Galactica. She makes guest appearances. She does Broadway shows. Very talented. We're talking to the very talented well, you Dr. Look at John her Brandenburg. You can, you can, the co-host is Chris O'Brien. 
I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hi, Ted Anderson announcing a great way to listen to radio on the telephone. By calling 760-569-7700, you'll be hearing GCNlive.com programs in seconds. Come to GCNlive.com, find your favorite host's dedicated phone number, and hear them 24-7. You heard me right, every show has a dedicated phone number. Stop by GCNlive.com and bookmark their number today. And again, that's 760-569-7700. We the people grow cotton, weave fabric, engrave ink, embed strips and fibers to protect from counterfeit and carting to a private bank, having it led back at interest, forcing taxes to service debt. This capitalism, or was Jefferson correct when stating a central bank issuing the public currency is a greater menace to the liberties of the people than a standing army? Ted Anderson, I'm placing a free silver dollar in a book that explains our monetary system. Call for your copy, 800-686-2237. It's time to understand the system. Call 800-686-2237. That's 800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. Return now, the second hour of the show with Dr. John Brandenburg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. We're talking about John's book. About Mars. I mean, what else could there be? It's all about life Mars, and life Mars. and death on Mars. The new Mars Synthesis, published this month from our friends at Adventures Unlimited Press, as a matter of fact. And lots of stuff to cover in this book. And lots of well, mysteries of Mars that we're trying to explore. What, pray tell, I'm going to just drop this in the middle of this. What is right. the Crystal Palace of Mars? What's that all about? Uh, The Crystal Palace was a greenhouse-like structure built by, um, during the Victorian era, for the first World Fair. And it was built by a guy who designed greenhouses, and it basically was the classic, it sort of made everybody build classic greenhouses, iron framework or iron steel framework, with glass. And it was a beautiful, it was a stunning piece of new arc no one had ever built anything like this for one thing it was just enormous and it was the site of the first world's fair and it was so popular that when the world's this great exhibition of queen victoria uh to celebrate her reign um was over they just simply dismantled it and moved it someplace else so they could keep it and um it stood stayed around for another 70 years till it was destroyed by fire but the 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 Crystal Palace was the original giant greenhouse. When I say there was a, uh, I say in the book there wasn't just a greenhouse on Mars like there is on Venus. Uh, Venus has had a greenhouse, CO2 greenhouse since its day one. Uh, there wasn't just a greenhouse on Mars. There was a Crystal Palace. This thing, you know, was a clear atmosphere probably not only had carbon dioxide um, in it, but also methane to help stabilize it. Uh, And methane is a much more powerful greenhouse gas than um, CO2 is, by the way. That's why they burn it off at trash dumps, because the methane, if the methane gets up in the air, it'll actually contribute to greenhouse warming much more than the CO2. So, but you can imagine a planet 
like Earth, only smaller, kind of a petite version of Earth, full of life, with a very diverse, evolved biosphere, a crystal clear atmosphere most of the time, composed mostly of carbon dioxide with nitrogen and a big component of oxygen, so it had an ozone layer. It had oxygen-breathing animals and advanced life. It had an ocean full of kind of carbonated water, but full of fish and all sorts of things. It would have been just beautiful. It would have been spectacular. I would dream of going swimming and, you know, walking along the beach on Mars and then going for a dip in the ocean and swimming with the fish in the ocean. We have the salt water on Mars. We can use Epsom salts and everything. Really Absolutely. Okay. Imagine a planet like Earth, but a little weird. <laughs> For one thing, everybody's blood is carbonated water. <laughs> it's oh, got a, okay. They got slightly acid blood, like the alien and the aliens. Only this is just carbonated water, carbonic acid. Okay. And uh, you know, Maybe that's why Mars, I like seltzer so much. That's right. And and Mars was like Earth, only probably more wonderful in its own way. And so that's basically the Martians are made up palace. of Diet Coke. Is that what you're telling me? Absolutely. The ocean of Mars is made of Diet Coke. Uh, champagne. <laughs> or Diet Dr. Pepper, okay? Diet Dr. Pepper. Mars was a remarkable piece of work. It, was a, it wasn't just a greenhouse. It was a crystal palace, and it had everything there. You could imagine everything like... A, the John Carter of Mars novel of Deja Thoris and and uh, Princess of Mars, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Okay, of course we didn't have all those creatures with eight or twelve arms and all that stuff. Uh, well, you know, it was a different chance for nature to develop a different way of doing things. Who knows? This is a silly uh, however, question, okay, John? It's a very silly question. Yeah. Do you think that when he was putting this book together, this is what nineteen ten? A Princess of Mars. Before he wrote Tarzan of the Apes, Edgar Rice yeah. Burroughs consulted all this folklore about what Mars might be to confabulate the story? Oh, well, he read the work of Lowell. Okay. Lowell had basically suggest Lowell didn't understand about greenhouse gases very well, but even though that idea was around also, uh, Lowell basically just... Uh, thought that he thought the atmosphere would trap heat, and he just thought that uh, Mars. There was no reason that Mars couldn't have liquid water, and 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 he was seeing canals. So he imagined that Mars was in some kind of trouble. In Dejah Thoris, if you read Dejah Thoris, uh, Edgar Rice Burroughs depicts a planet that whose environment is kind of on the edge of disaster, and they're struggling to preserve the environment on Mars, to preserve the oxygen atmosphere and everything. The Dead so Sea plants. Bottoms of Mars is what he always talked about. The Dead Sea yeah, that Mars was degrading, that its oceans had dried up, and the uh, the people, the uh, culture that represented by Dejah Thoris, she's a princess in this one culture, and they are struggling mightily to preserve the atmosphere of Mars with big... Uh, nuclear power plants or they didn't have nuclear power they he he came up with some kind of cosmic energy or something that was powering these plants i have so, a crazy question yeah. i have a crazy question sure. to pose here okay the biblical references to global catastrophes 
Is uh-huh. that something that could have happened on Earth, or can we put all that stuff as something that we remember from the civilization that existed on Mars? Um, oh, it's very interesting. You know, we have a apparently a very strong, very vivid memory, you know, kind of a racial memory, and you find this legend among just about every culture on Earth has a flood legend. And the, uh, basically an extinction-level event happening on the Earth. They're almost the entire human race and the advanced life forms on Earth were wiped out, and only um, someone who was basically warned to prepare for this with an ark uh, survives with his family. And that, I mean, the, the Native Americans have it, the Polynesians have it, um, of course, all the cultures in the Middle East had a flood story. And what the, what the flood is, is you can kind of just say, this is a, a catastrophe, a global climatic catastrophe on Earth that is kind of described as a big flood of water that kills just about everything. You know, it is an ex- almost makes all advanced life on, on Earth extinct. And I think, yes, I think so there's there's been so the human race has seen something like this. Maybe it's carried genetically from its past Mars heritage. Maybe it's something that happened on Earth that was a big asteroid or a big comet. Imagine a, a swarm of big comets striking the Earth that are mostly water. So suddenly you're having the equivalent of a water, an ocean, break up and explode in midair and form a a flood uh, experience but I'm I'm only speculating I I don't know what natural thing would cause a giant flood you know what we'll Uh, get into more of this in a moment let me remind you all over again that there are several ways to get in touch with us if you have a comment or a question about the PowerCast send it to news at thepowercast.com that's news at thepowercast.com We read each and every letter we get, and we respond to most of them, sometimes all of them. So if you want to get in touch with us, we want to hear from you. We also have our ever-popular forums, over 107,000 messages already. Go to forum.paracast.com. Forum.paracast.com. Here's what you do. You sign up. You register. You give yourself a username. And then in a few moments, you're ready to participate. You can sit back, lurk, read the messages, or post some of your own. Dr. John Brandenburg is our guest. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in Paracast. Hi, this is Tamar from Namecheap. We're a domain name and web hosting company, and we really care about our customers. With domain name purchases, Namecheap offers free SSL and free WhoisGuard for a year to protect your identity from spammers. Most importantly, we care about you. If you'd like to learn more, please visit us at radio.namecheap.com, radio.namecheap.com for web hosting and domain name specials. You can also follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash Namecheap or become a fan of ours on Facebook at facebook.com slash Namecheap. See you online. 
Fate Magazine provides true reports of the strange and unknown. Keep up with the latest on angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, life after death, and much, much more. To receive your free issue of Fate Magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Are you wondering about your retirement portfolio? Are you confident that the financial advisor is experienced enough to combat climbing interest rates, taxes, and inflation? Stop guessing and go to the expert, Robert Chapman of the International Forecaster. When you subscribe to the International Forecaster, you get Robert Chapman's 45 years of experience and concise investment recommendations. Who needs sugar-coated excuses when you can get the cold hard facts and proven investment leads you can't get anywhere else? For a free introductory copy to Robert Chapman's International Forecaster, subscribe now at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. Experience the difference. When you subscribe, you can email Robert Chapman directly to obtain investment advice tailored just for you. Don't wait another minute. Subscribe today at theinternationalforecaster.com or call 877-479-8178. That's 877-479-8178. Alex has told you that the Mideast uprisings over food prices and shortages caused by fuel costs are spreading worldwide. We're seeing the impact right here in the United States. Ethanol that was supposed to reduce petroleum use and fuel prices hit a 30-month high in February, and pump prices are expected to reach $5 a gallon. Because of shipping costs, food is being priced out of the reach of millions of Americans with an expected 35% jump in the next 60 days. Move quickly while you can still afford it, and eFoods Direct will pay your shipping costs for you. For the best-tasting, long-term storable food, you pay nothing for shipping and can put every dollar into food at today's prices. eFoods Direct, food so delicious you can serve it tonight or save it for the future. Take advantage of free shipping by calling 800-409-5633. On the web, eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex, 800-409-5633 or eFoodsDirect.com slash Alex. Never buy home canning jar lids again. No kidding. When you buy Tadler reusable canning lids once, you'll never buy canning lids ever again. Safely store emergency preparedness foods for years. Traditional metal lids are single-use throwaways containing BPA. But Tadler reusable canning lids are guaranteed to last a lifetime when used as designed for home canning. Tadler lids are made with a USDA and FDA-approved food-grade plastic, safe for direct food contact, and contain no BPA. Tadler lids are dishwasher safe, usable with standard pressure or water bath canning, eliminate food spoilage from acid corrosion, fit standard mason jars are indefinitely reusable and are proudly made in the usa place orders at reusablecanninglids.com or call 1-877-747-2793 877-747-2793 call 877-747-2793 or go to reusablecanninglids.com that's reusablecanninglids.com for tadler reusable canning lids the original since 1976 the GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. This is Jacques Vallée. You're listening to the podcast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. 
We have Chris O'Brien, our co-host, who is trying to sound like he is a Martian. Okay. <laughs> so, yes. so Chris, Chris is a Martian. You know, we know that. Surrender. Yeah. Resistance is futile. <laughs> or as they say, we have to kind of emphasize that in more detail. Resistance is futile. Futile. <laughs> That's a very Martian statement. Okay. I mean, these guys were uh, it's the planet of war, right? And um, I am a tripod. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, war on the world, boy. That really <laughs> scared people because yeah. uh, uh, H. G. Wells figured out that uh, people on if if there was if there were canals on Mars and a civilization there, they might not they might not like us much. In fact, one of the drivers for the invasion of Mar uh, by Mars of Earth is they envy us because we have a planet with. It was the Lowellian idea that Mars was, had, was, you know, was declining, that it had formerly been much more fertile and uh, covered with oceans, and now it was kind of dying. And the Martians were trying to find another, <laughs> another place to live. But, you know, this is part <laughs> to get of, of all the science fiction humans. legends we find nowadays, John. So, for example, in the movie Independence Day, we have this civilization yeah. comes here – they want our planet because they want our natural resources. We have something they want. We have, for example, right. the TV series, which has been done twice in the 80s and now again, like v, the where we have these right. alien lizards who want to mate with us because they have a problem with their genetic pool. It's messed up. they got oh, to come here to fix it. We're Mr. and Mrs. Fix-It on Earth. <laughs> well, I'm sure people would be willing to do that for a price. <laughs> Uh, but uh, they wouldn't have to come about here. About the UFO the abduction mystery, you know, John? The UFO abduction what? mystery has the same meme, which is that E.T. comes here, they want to mate with Earth people, create a hybrid race because of some problem. Yes. That even goes back to biblical legends, the same thing that we have. Oh. These advanced beings who want to mate with the people of Earth to do something. That's right, the Nephilim. In the you know it's in the Bible that says the sons of God. It doesn't go into any detail of what they were, but um, it does. It doesn't. You can read between the lines very easily. The sons of God, meaning people probably from the sky, saw the daughters of men were very beautiful, and wanted to take them as wives, and did so. <laughs> and, Sounds like uh, a reality show. Yeah, and so uh, and it says the uh, the offspring of these unions were great men about whom many legends are written, and that is in the Bible. And then, of course, that validates all these reports, like among the Greeks of Zeus constantly <laughs> cruising around, <laughs> cruising Earth uh, for young maidens, and and their offspring were great heroes about whom great legends were written. You know, Perseus just this and, constant uh, Jason lusting after. Our gene pool on Earth. It goes back to well, Battlestar Galactica. Of course, this is the big spoiler of the TV series, the second generation or the reimagining of Battlestar Galactica that 150,000 years ago, they come to Earth, they mate with us, and here we are. So is this what we're well, destined to do, John, that we're destined to go to the stars and find ways to repair our depleted gene pool with E.T. Well, somewhere? Well, Captain, remember, Captain Kirk was uh, busy trying to... Uh, uh, spread the human, human genetic material yeah, all over the dude. galaxy, and he yeah, I can, I could just, he had I a lot of willing uh, w willing ET uh, women to do it too. And well, one of the 
you know, interesting things they explored in Star Trek, partly because their makeup budget was so low, was that they had a lot of the of the aliens basically look like us. And um, with a blue skin, actually was an it- with a blue skin or a green skin or something. With blue, blue or green skin, or or, or just just wearing uh, different clothes, and it was quite effective because uh, you respond to human beings as intelligent and dangerous. <laughs> Two great things like- that uh, for any uh, villain, and the fact that we we imagined all this stuff about Mars, and now, by the way, the the other big boot that's going that's falling on Mars, which I discuss in the book, is the fact that it was apparently a nuclear catastrophe. It wasn't enough that the climate collapsed right. due to what looks like an asteroid impact afterwards. There was a planetary nuclear catastrophe, a giant nuclear explosion, a million megaton hydrogen bomb equivalent going off. and But not artificial. Uh, was this nuclear cataclysm artificial or something from a natural force of one source or another? Well, in order to get my paper into the conference, I proposed it was nat- it was natural. And uh, in Africa, there were natural nuclear reactors. This very rich uranium deposit became the site of little kind of nuclear reactors uh, because of groundwater getting mixed with the uranium. So it would form kind of a reactor core of a water-cooled uh, nuclear reactor. And so that happened on Earth, and several scientists commented to me, well, if it happened on Earth, it, could have ha- it has to have been able to happen on Mars. Only this one was much, would have had to have been much larger. The problem, by the way, with that hypothesis, and I discussed that at the meeting, was that it would have left a big crater. Um, it's very hard for me to imagine such an enormous explosion from inside the, the Martian surface and not creating a big crater that we can see now. But people just shrugged and said, well, maybe it would have filled in or something. Uh, what impressed people, by the way, was the fact that the isotopes in the Martian atmosphere look like the results of a nuclear explosion. Because we have exam- an example on Earth, we've actually altered our own atmosphere by the open-air nuclear testing that we did. It's got a lot of xenon-129. Okay, so this nuclear catastrophe, we judge by the half-life of the isotopes. How long ago it occurred yes. on Mars? Well, it... The 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 key we have to date this thing, this event in time, is a meteorite called ETA 7901, and it's 180 million years ago, and it's a lava sandwich. It's one flow of lava, you know, like from a volcano, and then like a few days later, there was another flow of lava. So there's two slightly different lavas that form kind of this layered thing that then got blown off of Mars into space. And um, what's interesting is water got in between the two sandwiches, the sa- got in the middle of the sandwich and formed uh, like uh, uh, gypsum, uh, sulfate. And um, sulfate and carbonate in there, and then bugs apparently started growing in there too. That's They found life signs in ETA 7901. But it's only 180 million years ago. What's interesting Part of the lava sandwich, which they call lithology A, rock type A, has signs of radiation damage. But 
uh, rock type B, the other half of the sandwich, doesn't show nearly the same amount of radiation damage. So it's almost as if this big nuclear catastrophe was going on when one lava was flowing and then was lessened when the other lava was flowing. So as a result, it kind of, or in fact, it may it's it's it may have actually been lava triggered by this big explosion. So I have something I have to trigger have a, now, John Brandenburg. Yes. We're talking with Dr. <laughs> Brandenburg. Co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Ray Perkins, a reclusive veteran burned out from the Gulf War, lives tortured by relentless, perplexing nightmares. Nightmares of a horrific battle in deep space and of a mysterious woman suffering in agony for her devastated world. A woman not yet born, calling across centuries to him. Then, a coincidence leads him to his destiny, his chance to alter the universe. Attack! Attack! of the Rockoids. The former fiction editor for Star Wars and Indiana Jones, Robert Simpson, writes, The soul of the novel Attack of the Rockoids lies in its heart and passion for building a convincing tale of a love that spans a galaxy. A thrilling story. Attack of the Rockoids is available now. Read a sample chapter and get a special discount off of the cover price at our website, rockoids.com. That's R-O-C-K-O-I-D-S dot com. Attack! Attack! of the Rockwell, a novel in the grand science fiction tradition. Do you want to learn more about preparing for the hard times ahead? Have you ever thought about actually getting off the grid and becoming truly self-reliant? Introducing Off the Grid News, a weekly newsletter for independent Americans who want practical advice on how to survive and even prosper in an increasingly dangerous world. It's the best way to get a black belt in emergency preparedness, survival skills, and off-the-grid living. Packed with hard-hitting information on gardening, food preparation, alternative energy, and home security, there's simply nothing like it. And the best part, this $100 annual subscription is now free of charge. Simply sign up today and you'll also get our hard-hitting report, Food Shock, why 2011 could be the single most important year in American history to plant a family garden. It's absolutely free for listeners who sign up at offthegridnews.net. That's offthegridnews.net. Get your free Food Shock right now at offthegridnews.net. Before you throw away your used batteries, you need to listen to this. Now, going green can save money. Go green and save money by giving life to your used batteries by charging them with the Renaissance Charger. The Renaissance Charger uses a new revolutionary battery charging technology that effectively extends the life of new batteries and gives new life to used batteries. Invented by legendary audio genius John Bedini, this unique and patented charging system rejuvenates the electrochemical plate structure in the battery without additives, increasing capacity and maintaining cell integrity. Renaissance Charge offers a full line of products made in the USA for all types and sizes of batteries. Find out why our customers tell us the Renaissance Charger is the only battery charger they will ever use. Save your money. Save the environment. Visit us online at r-charge.com. That's r-charge.com. Or call us at 208-772-4514. That's 208-772-4514. Be a part of the revolution today. 
Did you know that drinking pure, high alkaline water is one of the most important factors in maintaining high energy and vibrant health? Most experts agree that the water you drink should be at a pH level of 8 or higher. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops, available only at AlkaVision.com, combine a unique formula of only the most alkaline minerals. AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops alkalize your water, ridding the body of harmful toxins, and helps you regain health and energy. Alkalizing your water by simply adding 10 drops of AlkaVision Plasma pH Drops helps Helps the body rid itself of acidic waste, increases oxygen content, and raises the pH of your body to healthy levels. And bacteria and viruses cannot survive in an alkaline high pH environment. Order your bottle of AlkaVision Plasma pH drops for only $29.95 at AlkaVision.com. That's A-L-K-A-Vision.com. Or call 269-409-1776. 269-409-1776. Alkalize your body. Supercharge your health at AlkaVision.com today. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. This is the Paracast. You never know what's going to happen next. We're having a jolly time with Dr. John Brandenburg on the Paracast with Gene Steinberg and Chris O'Brien exploring the incredible mysteries of Mars and all the ramifications thereof. Chris, pick it up, please. You presented this paper, and in order to get it in, you had to uh, hint around that you felt that it was a, that it was a naturally occurring um, under, underground event yeah. that may have been triggered. But in your book, you mentioned that because of the, the very curious fact that there is no real crater that yeah. one would assume it be formed, that what you're considering as a possibility is some sort of airburst event, which opens up a whole Pandora's box of uh, hypotheticals. Yeah, it, so why don't you talk it about does. that? It does. Um, you're very quickly in a science fiction scenario when you start talking about airbursts. There was a large object that fell in Siberia and blew up in midair. Called, it was a place called uh, Tunguska, and it flattened like about a million miles of square miles of uh, Siberian forest, and it looked like a hydrogen bomb going off, and that was in midair. It didn't make a crater. Now, um, however, there's no evidence that that thing was nuclear. This thing was nuclear, but it looks like it blew up in midair like Tunguska. So it's very difficult to explain that with any kind of natural process that we've ever seen. Well, did you bring this up? The, your, in fact, uh, the, only, the only thing we've seen like that is a uh, mid-air explosion of a nuclear weapon. Did you bring it up? Did you, uh, did you kind of... Uh, no, no. <laughs> I'm, I'm, uh, I'm trying to hold uh, an audience. Remember, I'm, uh, this, was, this was presented as a poster paper, which is like putting up a bunch of uh, view graphs on a bulletin board instead of presenting them to an audience. They can present, they can accommodate a lot more papers at once rather than doing them serially. It was like everybody kind of wanders. It's almost like tr- Halloween night and you've got trick-or-treaters <laughs> coming to your house. Speed and the dating. goodies you're handing out are information. And right, speed so, dating, right? It's like Scientific speed dating. Speed dating. And uh, people are cruising by and... One of the problems I found was that I was there. There were a thousand different papers being presented all at once in these big, uh, enormous hall, and 
I only I I didn't get a lot of traffic because uh, because there were so many other interesting papers with much fancier graphics than mine. They have big these universities. I'll tell you what you have to do, John. What you have to do, John, is get yourself a copy of Keynote for the Mac. You'll make great presentations with super transitions. But seriously speaking, so you're basically saying that you kind of sanitized this presentation for the sake of your audience. You didn't want people to kind of look at you and say, well, you're like the crazy guy in the movie Stargate who was talking about the Stargate. (laughs) And Dr. Daniel Jackson is the character. And he's being laughed out of the room because of the fact that he's coming up with this outlandish idea. So you didn't want to sound outlandish. You wanted to sound like no, you're being you don't want to sound correct. outlandish, and uh, you don't want to talk science fiction scenarios at a conference like that. So basically, I did point out, however, and people's got, eyes got large when I see most of these Mars scientists are not familiar with nuclear weapons effects like I am. Because of I'm a plasma physicist, not a geologist, I know all about nuclear weapons. It was sort of a, uh, we, we got kind of a little bit of a short course in it when the graduate school that I went to, which was at Lawrence Livermore National Lab. It was called Teller Tech. And also I worked for Aerospace Corporation, where we, we had to understand all this stuff to analyze things like the Pakistani nuclear tests, etc., so what you do is you you know what the signatures of a nuclear weapon detonation look like, and most of these geologists don't. <laughs> so the same set of data you show to a geologist, Martian geologist, he he says, well, that's interesting and mysterious. You show it to somebody who's an expert uh, in nuclear weapons down at the Pentagon, and he basically his eyes get big and he says, oh my God. So I basically pointed out that the Xenon-129 is a result of big nuclear explosions on Earth. And that got, basically, people's eyes would get big, and they'd say, is that so? I hadn't known that. And then they basically would just be really quiet while I went through the rest of the paper. And I, I did point out, though, that there was no crater, and that this was a big problem with this hypothesis. And, I, in fact, I mentioned Tunguska as an airburst of something. But it wasn't nuke. Unfortunately, um, well, fortunately, there's no evidence that Tunguska left any radioactive fallout. So it apparently was just a big com. It was apparently a chunk of a comet that came in and exploded in midair rather than hitting the Earth. And um, uh, in fact, it probably caused more devastation because it exploded in midair than if it had hit the actually hit the Earth. It probably would have made a big crater, but it would have been more concentrated damage in Siberia. Instead, it leveled million, a million square miles of forest, I guess. And uh, so uh, when you're at a conference like this, you basically, um, you run through the paper um, to whoever stops and is really interested. And, um, and I did that. And uh, the, the people who were interested in the paper were quite amazed that this looked like nuclear weapons residue. And they hadn't thought of it that way. But of course, it very quickly gets into kind of, Mars has such a legacy of science fiction that people have an aversion to anything that looks science fiction-y on Mars. They, especially, you know, these are geologists. <laughs> they like to talk about rocks. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, you know, in fact, in fact, if you show them a picture of the face on Mars, they'll say, I wonder what kind of rock that's made out of. 
they'll completely ignore the fact that it looks like a face or an Olmec head. They'll actually say, that looks like some kind of lava. <laughs> I wonder what the lava chemistry is on that thing. And so you must understand that most, that science tends to be extremely conservative, especially Mars science. And the reason is, is that we're teetering right on the edge of a cliff of finding out that we're not the center of the universe biologically anymore. And we're going to find it out on Mars. We're finding it out now. And by the way, if we find out that Mars was another Alderaan, like in um, Star Wars, you can imagine Governor Tarkin with the Death Star, only instead of, you know, launching a giant particle beam weapon at uh, Mars, he used a big hydrogen bomb as big as an Empire State Building. And, uh, you know, um, we're, we're, that's what we're talking. We're talking a about somebody. A convergence of fact versus fiction. But, okay. Well, let me, let me give you an sure. example. Uh, in 1958, Kirby Comics published a, um, a comic book that I probably read when I was a kid. And these are the guys who did the Fantastic Four later, same artists, and um, it's called The Face on Mars. And you can see it on Richard Hoagland's site of, uh, you know, Enterprise Mission, and on the net, and it's The Face on Mars. It's a big car face, and the astronauts land there, and it was published in 1958. And the astronauts go into the face to see what's inside, and it's a record of the last days of Mars. The last days of Mars was us Martians were destroyed by another race that came here and used nuclear weapons on us. And we couldn't Boy. defend ourselves. Life imitating art. Well, Absolutely. Well, I have a problem here. Uh, and yes. correct me if I'm wrong. If this event that you're describing, uh, this catastrophic, uh, potentially airburst nuclear explosion, occurred 180 million years ago, what, what were the conditions on Mars back then, uh, according uh, to your theory? That uh, is, a half a billion years ago, the planet began to lose its atmosphere because of a, of a catastrophic uh, asteroid impact or some sort of I, celestial body. That is a real mystery. I, by the way, the, the date of half a billion years ago, 500 million years ago, is kind of tentative based on a lot of other kind of how many craters form per year, you know, on Mars, etc., of a certain size. John, we have to interrupt this for the crater conundrum. The crater conundrum will be resolved on the other side of the show. Our guest, John Brandenburg, the co-host Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Don't complain about your cable bill going up and up and up. Do something about it. Grab a pencil and jot down this special number, 1-877-804-MY-TV. The more cable TV rates go up, the better digital satellite TV looks. So, disable the cable and get more of your favorite channels in 100% digital quality for less money. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV right now to sign up for packages starting as low as $19.99 and up to four rooms. And there's no equipment to buy. That includes your free HD TV upgrade, your free DVR upgrade, and your free professional installation. And the best part, the pristine digital picture and sound. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. So, what are you waiting for? Pull out 
about your major credit or debit card. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. Disable the cable, cut costs, and get more. Call 1-877-804-MY-TV. 1-877-804-MY-TV. For centuries, silver has been used as a powerful natural antibiotic. And as a listener to this station, you probably already know the benefits of using colloidal silver. With so many websites to choose from, finding a reputable patriotic company with great products at affordable prices can be a difficult task. Introducing UtopiaSilver.com. UtopiaSilver.com carries the best, most effective, and most affordable colloidal silver and colloidal gold products in the industry. UtopiaSilver.com also carries products to fit your lifestyle, including weight loss, immune system defense, cleanses, herbs, joint and bone care, and much more. First-time customers using promo code GCN50 will receive 50% off all colloidal products. Visit us today at Utopia Silver, that's U-T-O-P-I-A Silver, utopiasilver.com, or call 888-213-4338. That's 888-213-4338, utopiasilver.com, taking back America's health care one American at a time. Go solar for cheap. Want to use solar power, but the price is too high? Now you can build your own solar panels for less than $200 at 123CheapSolar.com. Don't laugh. We've sold over 45,000 solar do-it-yourself kits. Watch the step-by-step videos that even non-handyman types can use. We offer a 60-day money-back guarantee. Go to 123CheapSolar.com or call 800-713-0486. 800-713-0486. Reduce your foreign oil dependency when you go green with 123CheapSolar.com. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. If you owe the IRS money you can't pay, then listen carefully, because you already know that the problem won't go away by itself. You can get help today from the leading tax expert in the country, Dan Pilla. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. The IRS isn't going to just forget about you. Right now, the IRS is hiring thousands of tax collectors to go after delinquent accounts just like yours. That's why you need to take action today, and I can help. I take a simple but proven approach to solving your tax debt problem. First, I stabilize collections so you don't have to worry about wage and bank levies. Next, I build a detailed plan to get your debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even eliminated. Finally, I work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. So call now for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. Dan Pilla will solve your tax problem guaranteed. He's helped thousands of people, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800-346-6829. That's 800-34-NO-TAX. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Ted Phillips listening to the Paracast, and it's as good as it gets, believe me. We return with Dr. John Brandenburg talking about the incredible mysteries of Mars. We have a crater conundrum to deal with here, as posed by our co-host Chris O'Brien. Any further comments to make, John? We'll just say that the, the evidence for a 
planetary-wide nuclear catastrophe, a massive nuclear explosion on Mars, is very strong and consists of isotopes in the atmosphere, uh, a big radioactive spot on Mars with radiating lines from it, and uh, evidence from Mars meteorites that they were subjected to uh, a very powerful neutron radiation at some point in their, uh, their existence before they were ejected and sent to Earth. So we have very strong evidence for the nuclear catastrophe, nuclear explosion. What we don't have is something that can explain the facts that we see. We have a very fine hypothesis, natural nuclear reactor on Mars that happened on Earth. We could happen on, Earth, on Mars. However, that would have left a big crater, and there's no crater. So uh, we're kind of left with a big question mark. We have you know, an idea that's kind of natural, it fits nine out of ten facts, but the last glaring fact, fact number ten, it doesn't fit because it would have left a big crater. And other scientists have talked with me, and, ah, well, maybe it filled in or something like that. Sure. Maybe we should fly over it with uh, we'll ground-penetrating radar. Maybe we'll see a buried crater uh, from this event. But it's right now it's a mystery. Big explosion on Mars would have devastated the planet and we don't know what caused it. At the same time here, you wonder why the authorities at NASA don't seem to take it seriously enough to push for more appropriations. Right now, nobody cares to fund the space program. We haven't really seen any action since the 1970s. The space shuttle is dying. We're hoping to have private industry, like a Robert Bigelow or the guy who founded PayPal, make up the difference or contract with the Russians to do it. So right now, I don't think any of us will be living at the time we go back to Mars. And if we ever send a manned probe, it's going to be way after that. Actually, uh, I don't think that's true. I think we're going to be on Mars. People said we wouldn't have a, a, an African-American uh, U.S. president for another 100 years. And now we got one. <laughs> and things have speeded up. And I think we'll be on Mars uh, far more quickly. Within a generation, I think we'll have humans on Mars. And part of the reason is because of this big nuclear explosion. We, we would like to go to Mars. That's kind of what you would say. Uh, we were thinking about going to Mars, and we decided maybe we could go to Mars. Now we have to go to Mars. Our own survival as a species may depend on what we find on Mars. If giant nuclear explosions can happen on planets, we would like to know exactly the circumstances of that to make sure it doesn't happen here, let's say. And that, that covers all the bases. Why don't we go up to Mars and find out what caused this big explosion? For certain, not just a hypothesis, for certain. And then basically find out whether it can happen here. Um, if Governor Tarkin is still roaming the galaxy with his yeah, big, uh, but, Death Star Yeah, but you know, part of the problem, John, is that scientists, enough scientists have to take this proposition seriously. Oh, I, I think they will. Um, the, the scientists who actually, who I actually could get, get their attention long enough for me to go through my spiel, um, I mean, my, their, their reaction was, oh, my God. Uh, but you realize also that science is very conservative, and especially Mars science. So, but hey, the word is getting out. I wrote a book. 
I'm tell I'm speaking the truth as I understand it. And I believe people will respond. I believe the public may demand answers of the scientific community. And of course the scientific community will not be able to provide them unless they uh, send a lot of rovers, a lot more probes, and ultimately people, geologists, especially nuclear weapons specialists. They have to send nuclear weapons specialists to Mars, not just geologists, to basically figure out what this was. We have another, another element, too, that uh, should be mentioned, and that is uh, Chinese plans for going to the moon. Uh, yep. There may be a way for the Chinese to appropriate the moon and sort of not let anybody else land there if they're able to uh, actually uh, have a, a you know some sort of lasting presence there. So that would almost I can't force. That would I can't force believe the you would accuse country. the Chinese of something like that. Well, I mean, uh, I'm just going on the conversation that I heard Robert Bigelow have uh, on another radio show, and he brought well, up. Well, they've very been so nice point. about Tibet, you know, and. Uh, <laughs> Right. You know, they're, well, they're, that would almost force the Western powers to to uh, bypass the moon and go to Mars. Is it was what he was suggesting? So th- that may be another uh, political uh, circumstance. Well, of course, you know, we didn't go to the moon because we wanted to know whether it was made out of green cheese or not. We went there to beat the Russians and show them up big time during the Cold War, so that basically our NATO allies would stick with us, and it worked. And, in fact, it uh, tremendously cowed the Russians psychologically when we went to the moon and they couldn't do it. Their, you know, their big moon rocket blew up three times on the launch pad, killed a whole bunch of people. They were just humiliated by us going to the moon. And, uh, in fact, the closer we got to landing on the moon, the more they kept repeating, oh, we're not, there is no moon race. It's all in the American imagination. And secretly they were... They had their cosmonauts ready to launch to the moon using completely untested stuff. It was almost a suicide mission. And their moon rocket blew up on the pad, carrying the moon lander and everything like that, and their moon capsule, and so they scrubbed the mission. They actually had two astronauts sitting in another rocket ready to join the big package in orbit and then go off to the moon, and they were going to try and beat us there by a week. And that's, you know, the James Oberg writes about this. Yeah, and I did not know that. Yes. Oh, yeah. It, they were desperate to get to the moon ahead of us. And they ignored all safety concerns, finally. And the result was they, they just couldn't do it. And um, it was a major turning point in the Cold War. In fact, the Russians then said to themselves in the Kremlin, they said, don't get the Americans excited. Once you get the Americans are inherently disorganized, but once you get their mind focused on something, they can do amazing things. Watch out! Don't don't get them excited. Don't let their minds focus. And um, you know, Bin Laden should have should have studied that. (laughs) Well, the Chinese have a a much different motivation. I mean, the is helium two. I think uh, is helium three, or helium three is one of the the things that they'd be going after. Also, you know, the by the the way, helium three is not so much a fusion resource as a military fusion resource because once you have helium-3 reactors you can bake um, very powerful ships and uh, spaceships ocean ships submarines that don't require any nuclear shielding because the helium-3 burns can burn create nuclear energy without uh, uh, heavy shielding 
you can sit right next to the fusion reactor and uh it uh, the, the magnetic field that holds the plasma in there that's the shielding wow and well, that so would be a, yeah that would that's be a why, by the way that is that is what i studied in grad was controlled nuclear fusion and we always wanted helium 3 when we found out there was all this helium 3 on the moon i literally got down on my knees and thank god that we found it because all during my grad school they said helium 3 is the ideal fuel for fusion except there isn't enough of it we can't find any and they then they found it on the moon and it was it's the mother load the moon Okay, the mother the load is on the moon, but what about Mars? Does Mars have it? Uh, oh, yes, Mars has some helium-3. Uh, in fact, it has more than... You can probably strain helium-3 out of the Mars atmosphere pretty efficiently because Mars doesn't have a magnetic field, so the solar wind kind of strikes Mars, and the solar wind is full of helium-3. And it basically then... That's why the moon has so much helium-3. It's solar wind uh, particles striking the lunar surface and then sticking the particles get implanted in the dust grains we run out of fossil fuel on earth john we want to go to the moon and mars to get helium-3 oh yes well there's uh the best way to use nuclear power on earth i've decided as as a fusion guy is you have a what's called a hybrid nuclear reactor you do a fusion core but then you have uh, a kind of nuclear shell, uh, a uranium shell around it, and it turns out when you do it this way, it burns up all the nuclear waste. Well, that's good. We have to get rid of that uh, nuclear waste, but we're going to have another kind of waste here, some kind of waste management we have to do if we don't do this break. We have absolutely. Dr. John Brandenburg, the co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Hi, this is Ted Anderson. If you own an Apple iPhone and love to listen to your favorite programs on GCN, I've got good news for you. I'm proud to announce that GCN has a brand new iPhone app available for our dedicated listeners at GCNlive.com. Listen to your favorite hard-hitting GCN programs live or on demand right on your iPhone. And the best part? The GCN iPhone app can be yours absolutely free. Download the iPhone app today by clicking on the banner at GCNlive.com. Again, that's GCNlive.com. Hi, this this is Ted Anderson. Have you ever wondered why banks, stockbrokers, investment advisors won't talk about gold IRAs? They've been available since 1986, yet the financial industry won't recognize the value of gold for your retirement. Gold has outperformed paper investments, yet no word about IRAs. If you would like to have gold for your retirement, call 800-686-2237. Don't get left behind by rising inflation and low returns. Call 800-686-2237. Secure your future and call 1-800-686-2237. Welcome back to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. And now, here's Gene Steinberg. We have, speaking of helium, <laughs> we have Chris O'Brien, I think, that. has inhaled far too much helium. As a matter of fact, he's going to audition for the next movie about the chipmunks. Okay. <laughs> Dr. John Brandenburg joins us. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Chris, let's explore more of the mysteries 
and the majesty of Mars and why we need to get there yesterday. Okay, Gene. Uh, <laughs> the reason Mars, I brought up the, the helium Just don't make the I, imitations <laughs> your day job. Don't give up your day job for yeah, that. I promise. Uh, I, yeah, I, I won't give it up. The reason why I brought it up is because, uh, you know, with – Gene, your comment about the uh, the appropriations, uh, you know, dwindling off. We, we're seeing the last of the of the space shuttle flights, I think, uh, coming up here, and it seems like we have really taken a backseat to uh, um, to sp- space exploration to a certain degree, manned space exploration. And the Chinese do have uh, pretty extensive plans to uh, go to the moon, and. Yep. And as as Bigelow pointed out in this uh, interview that I heard with him, uh, he he rarely does interviews. And of course, uh, you know, being having his own aerospace company, and uh, he's I, I think talking with NASA about helping them, uh, you know, shore up and expand the International Space Station with his his uh, inflatable modules uh, that yes. he's been testing. He's the only person, uh, private individual. He's like Goldfinger. He's got two satellites up there, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, yes, he is. So, yeah, Actually, so tracks to, and um, uh, moon uh, moonraker. <laughs> right, moonraker. There we go. So, so I when when someone like this talks, which is uh, publicly, I, I I tend to uh, to listen carefully. And one of the things that he mentioned was the the legality of actually uh, having a lasting presence on the moon, which would almost be like um, annexing or whatever that word is, the moon. And and there would be some question of whether they could actually grant permission or not for other. Uh, countries to actually go there. So his point with this whole conversation was if, if, if they're able to annex the moon in, in some way, shape, or form, then the next logical step for the Western powers would be to go to Mars. And uh, Well, now, Mr. Bigelow is a very smart guy and a very far-sighted guy. And um, by the way, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't have compared him to the guy in Moonraker. Uh, He's got far more imagination, for one thing. Mr. Bigelow wants to get us, make us spacefaring, and he's investing his own money in it. He's a visionary. And um, as it turns out, the Chinese cannot legally appropriate the moon because of a little-known treaty called, that the United States signed, so did the Russians, so have the Chinese, called the Outer Space Treaty of 1967. It's a very important treaty. That treaty says that no earthly nation can claim any heavenly bodies or regions of space as their own territory. And it was meant to head off a nuclear war over the moon during the Apollo era. Both the Russians and the United States said, okay, we're in a race for the moon. By that time, the Russians were obviously losing the race. They said, uh, uh, you can't claim, you can't make the moon the 51st state, right? And the Americans said, yeah, we're not going to make it the 51st state. And we can't do that about Mars either. We've, uh, the, the treaty, by the way, is very important because it says that that's one clause of the treaty. The other clause is you can't have nuclear weapons in space. And everyone agrees that that is a really good thing to have an agreement on. Because if <laughs> yeah, you but start do you believe that that's weapons, the case, John? Do you what? believe that there's no nuclear weapons in space? Well, not many of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we all know about treaties uh, and how treaties... I mean, we all know about treaties. Look at all the and... treaties that we did with the Native Americans and, uh, you know, look, I think it's 60, 70 treaties that have been uh, totally uh, blown apart. You know, I, I think what Bigelow was... No country, no country follows a treaty 
when it decides it's no longer in its self-interest to follow it. Exactly. And but, I but mean, the now, what, who, is, who are you comparing? Who, who are you comparing the United States with? The French? Right. Exactly. Well, <laughs> the Russians. Well, I mean, possession is nine tenths of the law, as they say. And if the if the Chinese are able to create a a uh, revolving uh, series of missions to the moon and and have some sort of presence there, and actually. Uh, attempt to begin exploiting the natural resources that are found there, like helium-3, as we were talking about. Yeah. It will be very difficult yeah. for the U.S. to... I was, uh, at an exp- I was at a place, by the way, where they'd burned helium-3 and generated 100, um, 100 kilowatts of pure fusion power um, using... Um, that's enough to run 100 microwave ovens to light 100 houses, and they generated with pure helium-3, no radiation. Wow. They, in fact, they had it was so clean, they could send the technicians into the chamber right after they'd run, because it didn't produce any radioactivity. That was done in Britain uh, at the Jet Tokamak, and I just happened to be visiting uh, the day after they'd done it. They they kind of did that experiment as kind of a end of an exper- a set of experiments they've been doing, and it was the last experiment because they knew that it was so safe that they could just shut it down and, and do some maintenance on the experiment afterwards. So it can be done. And all you need is a lot of helium-3. And um, Would that be difficult uh, uh, technically to uh, obtain? You know, well, you can you obtain helium-3 on Earth. One, one of the curious... Uh, tritium is a radioactive um, form of hydrogen, and every 12 years, half of it turns into helium-3. And they use that in nuclear weapons. So uh, we actually have a lot of helium-3. <laughs> I asked the fellow at a conference, somebody who was, I was saying at a conference, uh, oh, we don't have enough helium-3 to do this. And somebody pulled me aside after the talk and said, actually, we have lots of helium-3. And I said, how much? He said, if I told you how much, then you could tell how many nuclear weapons we had. <laughs> so we actually have... Uh, Uncle Sammy has has squirreled away several tons of helium three, as it turns out, for various uh, for a rainy day. What's that? All right. So how do you know this, John? Oh, a nod and a wink from this guy. Okay. And I knew the guy as as a kind of part of the nuclear weapons establishment. He's somebody you trust to provide honest information. Ah, well, yes. Yes, I it, well, it, and it was basically a nod and a wink. I said, okay. you know, gee, how much do we have? And he says, I can't tell you that. <laughs> and I, you know, I basically started. I said, well, we have, you know, so much. And he kind of nodded and winked. <laughs> so you played the nod the and approximate amount to said, realize yeah. all this stuff. What's okay. that? You played the nod and the wink game. Which is not, not like wink. A wink and blink. And not and, and wink at the same time, meaning, uh, yes, I'm agreeing with you, but there's probably more I'd like to tell you, but what I can't tell you. I, you know, when, you, when you're talking to people in the classified community, um, you know, there's certain protocols you, you follow, and uh, it's almost like a reporter asking, you know, for a story on deep background, sort of. But anyway, we do have a large amount of, of helium-3, and uh, we, I don't know how much. We have certainly enough to do a lot of helium-3 fusion experiments, 
By the way, we can get all the helium-3 we want by making radioactive hydrogen called tritium and letting it decay in a big cask. Uh, you basically just fill a tank with uh, radioactive uh, hydrogen, tritium, and um, every year or so you you tap off part of it and uh, clean out the helium-3 because it's in uh, 12 years half of it will be helium-3. So that's that's one way to get helium-3. One um, Okay, so why do we have to go to the moon if we have this amount here? Why? Uh, well, you don't want to you don't want to make helium three that because it means storing large amounts of radioactive stuff, and it's just a it's just a mess. That's what you do in a national emergency if you need helium three. What you do if you are smart is you go to the moon and stake out a claim, particularly at Tranquility Base, which is the first place uh, Americans landed and has the richest helium-3, as it turns out, just by I'm going to ask you a question about that, and we'll follow it up. We have Dr. John Brandenburg. The host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in... The Paracast. You expect professional service from your doctor, your accountant, and even the girl who takes your morning coffee order. Why not from your domain registrar, too? Namecheap.com provides stellar service with no sneaky upselling. We offer more features and security options for your website than there are ways to order a latte. And new domains come with a WhoisGuard to protect your personal info. At Namecheap.com, you can get your domain for as low as $2.99. Now is a great time to get to know Namecheap.com. For 58 years, fate has provided true reports of the strange and unknown. Fate brings you the latest in all aspects of the paranormal, like angels and miracles, psychic phenomena, ghosts, UFOs, and much, much more. To receive your complimentary fate magazine, call now at 1-800-728-2730 or visit their website at www.fatemag.com. That's 1-800-728-2730. What are you waiting for? Your fate awaits. Gold, it's like nothing else on Earth. From the Romans through the Renaissance, from the Industrial Age to the Space Age, gold has weathered the test of time. For 6,000 years, gold has remained the ultimate store of wealth. According to the World Gold Council and the U.S. Mint, demand is at an all-time high. The stage is being set for the reemergence of gold as the common-sense alternative to a fiat paper currency that gets weaker every day. Midas Resources is proud to offer the hard-hitting report that arms you with the truth you need to protect you and your family from the Fed's plans for your hard-earned money. Don't gamble with your future. Call Midas Resources today and ask for your free copy of As Good As Gold. Call 1-800-686-223. For the report the Fed hopes you'll never see. As good as gold can be yours by calling 800-686-2237. If you have ever thought about owning gold, you must read this report. Call Midas today at 800-686-2237. This message starts with a great offer from Big Berkey Water Filters because we don't want you drinking dangerous water one minute longer. Right now, purchase any filter system from BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com to get your choice of two Berkey Sport Bottles, a KDF shower filter, a set of fluoride filters, or our new Cyclass spigot absolutely free. Why do this? Because over 60% of municipal water is fluoridated, and at less than two cents per gallon, Berkey Water Filters purify both treated and untreated water, removing dangerous chlorine, fluoride, and other contaminants. 
Big Berkey water filters are powerful enough to purify stagnant pond water, so they're perfect for rainwater collection systems and emergency preparedness. Remember, Big Berkey includes free shipping on every order over $50, and GCN listeners get 5% off all ceramic filter systems. Visit B-I-G-B-E-R-K-E-Y-WaterFilters.com or call 877-99-BERKEY. That's BigBerkeyWaterFilters.com or call today 1-877-99-BERKEY. The largest part of gaining radiant health is detoxification. You can drink ionized water, cleanse your intestines, eat a perfect diet, and even take lots of quality supplements and in many instances only make minimal progress. What is the key to detoxifying your body of mercury, heavy metals, chemicals, and drugs? It is glutathione. Glutathione is the master antioxidant used to detoxify your entire body. It stops free radicals, keeps cells young, and reduces inflammation. One World Whey protein powder may be able to raise your glutathione production by 64% or more. One World Whey is more effective than any other whey protein powder on the market because it is unheated and from grass-fed cows. All other, quote, cold-processed whey protein powders have been heated and damaged by 15% or more. One World Whey comes in three delicious flavors. Call 888-988-3325. That's 888-988-3325. Or visit OneWorldWay.com. That's OneWorldWhey.com. The GCN Radio Network, providing the world with hard-hitting talk radio. GCN. Great talk radio starts here. We want to hear from you. If you have a comment or question about the Paracast, send it to news at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. And don't forget to visit our famous Paracast community forums at forum.theparacast.com. Get in on all the action at forum.theparacast.com. We are on the lookout for helium-3, but I think Chris has inhaled our entire supply on this planet. That's why we have to go to the moon, <laughs> well, because otherwise couple, we wouldn't have. Dr. John for, uh... Brandenburg joins us on the Paracast. I'm Gene Steinberg. So the big question here is, what kind of resources does it take to get us to the moon and to be able to bring back enough helium-3? What's it going to cost? What's the... Basically, well, what is the return on our investment, the ROI, as they say in the ad business? Well, as I said, people have burned helium-3 in the tokamak-type devices, and uh, it burned nicely. Now, they didn't burn enough of it to actually make power. As kind of a science fiction exercise, I wrote a book called uh, 2012, uh, Asteroid 2012 Sepulveda, and in that, they one of the subplots is they actually make helium-3 work in a tokamak and it immediately changes the entire energy situation on earth it, it just goes through the uh, the world's economy like a shockwave that's not what they intend either but it doesn't suddenly all the oil in the ground in the middle east is worth much less because they have helium-3 uh, wouldn't burning. we be desperate though to want to put a stop to our dependence on the middle east look how unstable it is I mean, if tomorrow we said, we're going to take helium-3, we're going to exploit it, we're going to find out how it could serve our interests, I think the price of oil would go down like 40 times overnight. Imagine dealing with somebody who is supplying you like something you need, like wheat, and, you know, every week there's a crisis. They can't get along, the, the family that runs this business can't get along with each other. 
you know, they're, they're, you know, and so the, the, so you're dependent on them and yet they're constantly threatening to suspend their supplies or their supplies are constantly in danger because they can't get along with each other. It's just, this is just maddening. No intelligent country would continue to depend on completely unreliable people to supply them with stuff. I mean, the, the people in the Middle East need to get their act together. I'm speaking politely. And we, we cannot depend on them for oil anymore. All right. By the time this airs, gas may be $5 a gallon. Every time a camel sneezes in the Middle East now, they raise the price of oil. I mean, there's another, there's some other actors in this who aren't in the Middle East whom I think should be investigated or something because they're, they're taking advantage of this to raise the price of oil. Anytime there's a demonstration or, or Gaddafi bombs one of his own refineries or something like this. We nicely you know. call them oil speculators. Yes, there are the speculators are just this is a a dream come true for speculators in commodities like this. Endless turmoil. And I no intelligent culture would depend on this kind of would be held hostage by this kind of resource. I do not know. Well, we're trying to form, you know, I mean, this administration, to its credit, is trying to get us to uh, go to green fuels and stuff like this so we can lessen our dependence. And, um, well, and... Well, you know, maybe we shouldn't get into the drill baby drill thing here because let's go back to the mysteries of Mars. Now, let's go back to the mysteries of Mars. That's what happened on Mars. They were drilling too deep and they set off a nuclear explosion. Right. And the other problem, of course, is that, you know, the drilling (laughs) reminds me of what I have to do with my teeth right now. I don't want to think about it. And I think Chris would agree with me. All right. Seriously speaking, let's look at some of the other aspects of this. All right. So we Uh have Mars. It would be really glorious to get back there. Maybe Robert Bigelow could fund the expedition. He has the money. Oh, Steve Jobs, Warren Buffett, and then Bill Gates. They could all finance it. They could fund it out of their pocket change. Sure. It's it's for one thing, as as um, uh, Elon Musk has shown with the Dragon Nine. If you get the right rocket scientists together, you can build a pretty cheap rocket that does what it's supposed to do. I mean, I I think they should just put people on the thing on that thing and launch it to the space. Well, the, I'm hoping they'll launch their dragon next dragon. I will just go right up to the space station and dock with it. And they have a pressurized cabin on it. They can actually put some seats in it and put people in it. But you know, they they don't want to be hasty about that. Well, we but, don't want, uh, of course, to have some kind of disaster. They have to be very cautious because it's not a question here where the world is watching, and <laughs> if someone doesn't survive that expedition. You know, they could lose a lot of stockholders real fast. They have to oh, yeah, then the, everybody, all of the uh, the milk toasts say, well, we told you so. You know, if people were supposed to go into space, we would have been born with spacesuits. And, uh, you know, there's, there's, those, there's those type. And, but really, um, speaking here, though, before we even get man to Mars or another lunar expedition, how do we validate all of your theories you have a lot of fascinating theories here about oh. the face on Mars, which is obviously not yours alone. A lot of people hold that. We talk right. about the nuclear explosion on Mars, artificial, natural, The nuclear natural, explosion whatever. on Mars is actually pretty easy to validate. Okay. 
all you have to do is land the lander in the, the hot zone. So we do have to be Mar Mars, samples. though. We have to send a Martian probe. Forget about humans. Martian probes have to be sent to validate this. How do we validate the face on Mars? Do we go to that region? Uh, oh, well, um, it, well, just by coincidence, the big radiation spot on Mars is about 500, maybe 600 miles northwest, northwest of where Cydonia is. So you can almost... <laughs> Uh, drop a second uh, probe uh, in Cydonia Menza, but of course they're not going to do that. They'll simply say, oh, that would be silly to do that because there's nothing there. <laughs> well, you can find another excuse, can't you? Do you have to say, we're going there to see the face on Mars or to validate Dr. Brandenburg's theory that there was a nuclear well, they... explosion? <laughs> they don't have to say uh, that. I think what you should do is you should send a... We have developed a nuclear-powered rover to go investigate the big methane vents. Uh, they should just make a clone of that. I mean, it's a very good design. It's nuclear-powered, so it doesn't need to worry about solar panels. The solar panels kept getting covered with Mars dust. Fortunately, then... Um, right. Or they could send one of the probes, They, you know, one of the things they've already built. But they've just gone to the trouble of building this one, designing and building this new nuclear-powered rover. It's as big as a Volkswagen. And it can drive all night. And they could land that in um, this uh, northern Maracidalian region and take samples. And if you ask the right question, if you give it the right instruments, you'll be able to tell, at least in terms of the nuclear reactions involved, what actually happened. Remember, we have a lot of experience in analyzing nuclear stuff on Earth from the Cold War. I would also uh, hope, it, by the way, John, that it would be more reliable than a Volkswagen, which is not known to be the most reliable car in the world. And I know the car enthusiasts will now hate me and say, well, I love my new Beetle or my Passat or all the other cars that Volkswagen came out with. We're not talking about how much fun they are. We're talking about reliability. We are talking to the very reliable Dr. John Brandenburg. The co-host is Chris O'Brien, and I don't know if he's given up the helium yet, but let's do it. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Is there a secret UFO agenda? Do strange creatures from the darkest corners of the mind roam the Earth? Is there evidence for mind control, time travel, are devious government conspiracies? Find out the inside scoop on the latest conspiracies, paranormal activity, and Freudian phenomena when you subscribe to Tim Beckley's Conspiracy Journal. It's jam-packed with stories, special book and DVD promotions, and the best news, it's absolutely free, sent right to your mailbox. Plus, a bonus free email newsletter sent out every Friday. Simply send an email with your name and address to MrUFO at WebTV.net. That's MrUFO at WebTV.net. Find out what they don't want you to know.
We all know that Berkey Water Purification Systems are the most trusted name in water filtration. As an authorized Berkey dealer for over five years and serving thousands of satisfied customers, the Berkey guy offers amazing specials for Berkey Water Filtration Systems. The Berkey Light Systems include a set of self-sterilizing and recleanable black purification elements that purify water by removing chlorine, pathogenic bacteria, cysts and parasites to non-detectable levels and remove harmful chemicals such as herbicides and pesticides. Order the Berkey Light System today, complete with two black Berkey elements for only $220. And the Berkey Guy will include three sport Berkey water bottles and ship everything to you free of charge. That's right, three sport Berkey water bottles and free shipping. An $87 value, yours free. Call the Berkey Guy at 1-877-886-3653. That's 1-877-886-3653. Or order online at GoBerkey.com. That's GoBerkey.com today. There's mounting evidence suggesting that there are people, governments, corporations, and whole professions intent on short-circuiting humanity's well-being. GMO, food legislation protecting big agriculture, the attempted elimination of vitamins and alternative medicines, it seems their hand has been tipped. They want to dictate your health, wealth, and your longevity. Whatever the outcome, we have a solution. Wild edible food. Why worry about food when all has been provided? We imagine that we were ejected from the garden and never invited back, but the garden's still here. There is an endless wild abundance which grows all over our green earth, just waiting for you to wake up and see it. Let author Linda Runyon teach you how to see, know, get, prepare, store, and eat wild edible food. Save money, add nutrition, and ignore the noise when you go shopping in nature's supermarket. Go to ofthefield.com and get started today. Or call 1-888-51-EAT-FREE. That's ofthefield.com or call 1-888-51-EAT-FREE and begin to see a different world. Extend your life with Extend Hi, my name's Russ and after my heart attack I wasn't sure what was going to happen. I needed to keep on working but now it's becoming a problem. I heard about these garlic cayenne drops and hoped it would help me. Well... I've been taking them for about four months, and the way I'm feeling now, I can see how I just might make it to retirement, thanks to Extendivite. My name's Don Wiskin, and I want you to know Extendivite works. If you're looking for more energy or just want to be as healthy as you can, now is the time to join the growing list of real people benefiting from Extendivite. To order, call 1-877-928-8822. That's 1-877-928-8822. Or visit our website at heartdrop.com. Extend your life with ExtendoVite. America's number one source for independent talk radio for over a decade. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, my name is Richard Dolan. You're listening to the Paracast. Ladies and gentlemen, we have two more segments left for this week's episode of the Paracast. Our guest for his encore, Dr. John Brandenburg, talking about the mysteries and the magic and majesty of Mars. And also, Chris O'Brien has now recovered from his helium. I'm, I'm going to say something about the Chinese space program and its ambitions to go to the moon. Okay. Uh, when when the Russians and the United States were racing to the moon, we were launching astronauts and cosmonauts about once a month. We were really, we in fact, both 
sides, we're taking a lot of risks. Uh, that's why we lost the three astronauts in the Apollo fire, because they were, they were rushing that program. And the Russians lost three very brave cosmonauts because they, they wanted to fly three of them in a capsule that was built for two men. And the only way they could do that was have them in there without spacesuits. And, of course, uh, Murphy's Law struck, a uh, pressure seal broke, and the three cosmonauts died from lack of oxygen on the way back into um, uh, the atmosphere. And uh, they opened up the capsule, and they were all in there dead. And it was a terrible tragedy. And uh, but it shows that they were they were a bunch of brave men. But they both the Russians and the United States were launching guys all the time. And you know the Russians would do a spacewalk, and then we'd do a spacewalk with a longer tether the next month, just to show them. You know our tether is long, ten feet longer than your tether. And that was how the space race was won. The Chinese have been launching guys like once every three years. They're not going, they're, they're being really careful. They don't want to make any mistakes. And so therefore, I say with American Can Do, we, if we decide, we wake up one morning side, uh, the, when the Chinese, here's my scenario for the Chinese landing on the moon, my ideal scenario, is they are met, greeted immediately by a party of American astronauts and invited back to the American moon base for a steak dinner. <laughs> you opened up a can of that's a, that's a, that's that a, what's that and baked what? beans how about this barbecue let's one. do the kind of western <laughs> thing here where we got the, the barbecue and maybe we'll have some you know that's some right. fajitas which is kind of like southwest imitation mexican food that kind of thing yeah, yeah we'll have ale. some uh we'll have some coors beer and we'll have a great time the the, the chinese taikonauts will be treated very well but seriously so speaking, the, moon, the like Chinese are really moving pretty fast. But I wonder about the South Koreans. In South Korea, they're doing very well with cars. Why not with some kind of space program? Well, the, um, like the Japanese, for instance, have launched a, uh, a probe that the, the Europeans and the Japanese have launched capsules now to the space station that docked with it automatically. And they could put, they have pressurized compartments on both of them. They could easily put uh, either Japanese or European astronauts in there. But you've got to realize the Europeans and the Japanese don't do that sort of thing. They wait for the United States and the Russians to do stuff like that. We're the cowboys. They leave it to the cowboys and the Cossacks. Yeah, before we get too far afield here, wait a minute. You just said the Chinese, when they, they land on the moon, are going to be invited by Americans to go have a steak dinner. Now, were you just making a joke there, or was there a little hint of? Oh no, no, that's my ambition. Well, well, let's talk about that real quick. Uh, what do you What do you referring we can, to? We, we have uh, the space and, and the space shuttle. Once you disassemble it and use it like a box of Tinker Toys, you can build a Saturn V rocket out of it. That's what they're going to do. Oh, going to do? Uh, you so have you, you take the core propulsion for the um, the space shuttle. Take off the space shuttle take the engines off a space shuttle, put them on the bottom of the fuel tank, you have a Saturn V rocket. And uh, we have new types of rocket fuel that we can put in the solid rocket boosters and uh, that it gives, improves its performance, makes it much environmentally cleaner. And we, ha we will have a moon rocket. Every time they launch the space shuttle, they're putting about 100 tons into orbit. That's as much as the Saturn V moon rocket did. Just because that you know, 
about 60 tons of that flies back and lands on the runway. People don't understand what we're doing. Once we decide we're going to go back to the moon, especially if we decide there's something valuable there that we cannot allow another nation to dominate. You saw what the Chinese are doing with rare earths, right? Yep. They're cornering the market on rare earths. And then when they, the Chinese and the Japanese had a little scuffle over some fishing boat or something, the Chinese just cut off all the rare earths to Japan. Uh, so the Japanese electronics industry couldn't uh, basically had to shut down. So Japanese are running all over the world now trying to find rare earth mines. By the way, they're not that, fortunately, they're not that rare. They're, they're, it's, they're just hard to refine. But the Chinese have already showed that they will, if they find a vital resource, they'll try and dominate it and uh, abuse, abuse their privileges. I have very little patience with the uh, People's Republic of China. No. And, so you weren't uh, they've already shown they've shown their hand uh, they've shown their hand in in Tibet and with this rare earth thing. We don't want them going to the moon first and saying they're going to sell us helium three. Sure, but here's the problem. Here, there seems to be no incentive on the part of oh, the administration or Congress to do anything really serious in space exploration. How do you incentivize this? How do you say, hey guys, we got to do it? And we have all these people new in Congress well, saying we got to cut this, we got to cut that. How can you come back and say, okay, give us fifty billion dollars to get us to the moon and Mars as quickly as possible? Well, for one thing, you must realize that when we send stuff in, when we send Americans into space, that sends a message. That is part of our national defense. In modern, the modern era, you don't fight big major wars with major powers. What you do is you deter war. And you deter deterrence because of nuclear weapons. You don't want a full-scale war among superpowers. What you have is deterrence. You want the other side to know that they will not survive a major war. We may not survive either, but they certainly will not survive. So it's in their interest not to have, tr have any major trouble with us. Deterrence is the ability to project your capabilities to everybody without actually setting off bombs or doing anything like that. One of the best ways to do that is to launch the space shuttle. The space shuttle is the biggest thing in space. It's a Buck Rogers spaceship. It can grab the Russian space capsule with its robot arm and put it, tuck it into its cargo bay and carry it back to its mommy. The space shuttle when, when, uh, was developed under Carter and launched under Reagan, and after it had launched a few times, the Russians were horrified because it was so much more bigger and more advanced than anything they had in space. The reason Reagan could propose Star Wars is because of the space shuttle. The space shuttle showed Americans were supreme in space technology. You know, and what you do now is you don't... In fact, I've told people they should just keep launching the shuttle till we get the Dragon 9 online. Just do it. Won't cost that much. Launch one a year. Um, and once you do that, by the way, they could put a a uh, seat in the X-37B, the little miniature shuttle they just launched, and we could have Americans in space just about any time we want to. Um, but the space shuttle was part of our national defense. 
it is part of our national defense. It shows that Americans are supreme in space every time it launches. Yeah, and a lot of those and launches have uh, secret you, uh, we, By the way, if we, let the, if we let the Chinese go to the moon force, it shows we're a paper tiger, or has been. We understand the political ramifications. John, we understand the political ramifications. And when we get to our final well, segment, we're going, ask, are I'm going to ask you, John, we're going to ask yes. you once we get to our final segment, maybe we could look towards a solution to get us back to the moon, to get us moving to Mars a lot faster than we otherwise might be well, able to do it. Our guest is Dr. John Brandenburg. The book is Life and Death on Mars, The New Mars Synthesis. And it tells me we got to get back there. The co-host is Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. Graphic Converter is the image manipulation tool for the rest of us. It does not use any database. You get full control of all your files. Want to view the images of a folder? Drag it into Graphic Converter, and a powerful browser opens up to show your image files. You could use it for slideshows. You could use it to import images from digital cameras or from scanners. Need to do some image editing? You can do that, too, in Graphic Converter. Also, print catalogs convert from so many formats I can't even list them. Download now to see if Graphic Converter is good for you, like one and a half million other users. Guess what? You could save money when you buy Graphic Converter. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL. Use the coupon code NIGHTOWL to get a special price for Graphic Converter. Go to LemkeSoft.com. That's L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. LemkeSoft.com. L-E-M-K-E-Soft.com. The food storage industry leader has done it again. Introducing FDG Clubs and Survival Bucks from the Freeze-Dry Guy. For over 39 years, the Freeze-Dry Guy has served various government agencies and the private sector with the finest in storable foods and emergency rations. If you've wanted to build emergency food supplies but couldn't afford it, now you can. Go to freezedryguy.com, click on products, and look for the Freeze-Dry Guy Clubs to pay as you go. Now you can build food storage without going into debt. Choose from a payment range of $95 to $450 per month. Our clubs work with everyone's budget. Plus, when you join Freeze Dry Guy Clubs, you'll get additional rewards. For example, this month, get 10% back in survival bucks on all purchases in the Freeze Dry Guy product line, plus free shipping within the lower 48 states on any order amount. Hurry, go to FreezeDryGuy.com or call 866-404-3663. That's FreezeDryGuy.com or call 866-404-3663. The Freeze Dry Guy, the best you can buy. If you owe money to the IRS, you can't make the problem go away by yourself. But with the help of Dan Pilla, you can get your problem solved once and for all. Hi, I'm Dan Pilla. For 30 years, I've helped thousands of people solve their tax debt problem, and I can help you solve yours, too. We take a very simple but proven three-step approach to solving your problem. First, we stabilize IRS collection actions so you don't have to worry about the IRS seizing your bank account or paycheck. Next, we build a comprehensive plan to get your tax debt reduced to the fullest extent possible, sometimes even completely eliminated. And finally, we work with you every step of the way to get your problem solved once and for all. Call us for a free consultation. Call 1-800-346-6829. We'll work together to get your problem solved guaranteed. Dan Pilla has been protecting taxpayers from the IRS for three decades, and he can help you too. Call us today at 800 800- 346-6829 that's 800 
888-344-NO tax. How well and how fast does heart and body extract work to improve blood circulation? Listen. My name is Ellis and I am 66 years old and I live in Jacksonville, Florida. Two years ago, I was diagnosed as having clogged arteries. I had 70% blockage in one artery leading to my heart. They wanted me to go on Plavix, but I refused knowing the negative side effects. Heart and Body Extract is a unique balance, synergy, and proportion of herbs reaching from head to toe at maximum absorption around 95% at the cellular level. Within the first month, I felt a dramatic difference. The heaviness in my legs was reduced, and within two months, I felt completely normal. Your natural organic herbal formula for heart health is Heart and Body Extract. Heart and Body Extract comes with a 100% ironclad money-back guarantee. Details at hbextract.com or call 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Call 866-295-5305. 866-295-5305 for Heart and Body Extract. Are you tired of searching for great talk radio? Something more important. Search no more. We are the GCN Radio Network. Hi, this is Clifford Cliff, the International Director for the Mutual UFO Network. You are listening to the Paracast, the gold standard of paranormal radio. A reminder, if you have a comment or a question about the Paracast, write us. News at theparacast.com. That's news at theparacast.com. This is our final segment with Dr. John Brandenburg. We're talking about Mars. The co-host, Chris O'Brien. I'm Gene Steinberg. You're in the Paracast. I am not a Martian, ladies and gentlemen. I know some people, you know, they say, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus, or vice versa. I never got that right. Okay, so I'm still looking for an answer here. And it's not maybe because the Chinese might do it, but I'm still looking for an answer, and maybe I'm not hearing it, John. How do we turn things around with a space program? This is what we could do. And again, can well, if nothing else happens, can we get all those billionaires to do it for us? Well, for one thing, if you find evidence for a giant nuclear explosion on Mars, you go to conferences and talk about it, and you write a book about it so that everyone knows that this happened, and it becomes imperative for us to investigate it. And that means American astronauts have to go to Mars first and investigate it. Now, the same goes for, let's say, rumors of a dead civilization on Mars. You can't let the Chinese go to Mars first. No, we have to examine the ruins first. It looks like a primitive civilization. But we don't know its level of technology. Suppose they have super weapons buried in the rubble that somebody who lands there could learn and then gain an advantage on Earth. You can't let that sort of thing happen. Not if you're a forward-looking country like this. And that almost doesn't, it almost doesn't matter anymore whether you're a liberal Democrat or a conservative Republican. You can't let certain things happen. And one of the things you can't let happen is you can't allow evidence for a planet-destroying phenomenon go uninvestigated, or worse yet, go investigated by other superpowers while you're sitting at home waiting they'll give you a copy of their final report. No, you have to send your own people there to ascertain the facts. If, if, the, if the Russians and the Chinese want to investigate it together with us, wonderful. They can pay for uh, their share of the freight to get to Mars. But you cannot. No responsible American administration of any political persuasion will allow any other superpower to get to Mars first. And Is it going to require that, though? Is it going to require that the superpower 
the other one, like China, suddenly shows a more overt effort towards their space program, will that be the thing that will make us want to do something? Oh, it's always in reaction. Uh, you know, for uh, well, example, it'll happen. Here's the point uh, I'm making. Yes. Okay. So back in the 50s, we had the Russians launch Sputnik. That was our Sputnik moment, as we're talking about now. They've already said it. We've already had our Sputnik moment. They were going to go to the moon. What they told us they were going to go to the moon to harness helium-3 for fusion. A week later, they said, oh, we didn't really say that. They, they actually did this. They said, oh, we didn't mean that. Okay, so they had a, it's a Sputnik moment that was walked back. Uh, oh, yes, they walked it back. Because they, they studied what happened to the Russians. They know this country, once it gets its mind to do something, can do astonishing and terrible things. Well, yeah, but you're arguing, John, against this theory. You're saying here that they're afraid to have that new Sputnik moment. They're afraid to admit what they're going to do or what they hope to do because they don't want to inspire us because well, we work best in reaction to a crisis, not, as they say, being proactive. In a situation well, with the we, original space we, program, we were, react, we were defensive, reactive. Now it's oh, going to take something else. What about E.T.? Would E.T. have to land here? Would that help us change things? Can we oh, expect that E.T. will be here next? You'll have to read my novel Morningstar Pass to explore that scenario. Uh, E.T. has probably already landed here. <laughs> Just like in a 1950s science fiction movie. You want to know where the first UFO abduction occurred? In a movie made in 1958 called The Mysterians. It was a Japanese monster movie. And it had people in flying saucers abducting Earth women. That was in the late 50s. Yeah, late 50s, right sure. after Sputnik. And that was when the Japanese were first making all these nuclear disaster movies like oh, yes, Godzilla. Godzilla. Godzilla didn't come here because he just came out of the ground. He was the result of a mutation from a nuclear weapons experiment. Oh, or right, right. He came and trashed Tokyo. <laughs> and Raymond Burr in the American version was, of course, there to tell us about it. Oh, yes. I, I love that movie. The original Godzilla, movie, of Godzilla, course, was made by Godzilla movies, a company I, called I, The King I, Brothers, bring this movie to America. And what they did is they dubbed it, and they filmed extra stuff. And to make it local, to make it more appealing to Americans, they had Raymond Burr film these segments. Oh, yeah. Well, they did a good job because it was a very effective movie. I mean, it was it was scary, even though... It was a big monster, and tanks were shooting at it and stuff like this. It wasn't like a werewolf creeping up on you in the middle of the night. It was a scary movie because it was so stark. And Ray, I thought they put together a nice movie, including Raymond Burr, because he he basically would... He had gravitas. He'd get gravitas, on there, and he'd yeah, be authoritative. And right. in his best Perry Mason voice, he'd make you believe what was going on. Let's get away from that, okay? Uh, sure, sure. Back but, to okay, Mars. so the key is here... The Chinese right now, according to what you say, are afraid to create a new Sputnik moment for space exploration. And let them be afraid. Let them be very afraid. Okay, so basically, there's nothing that's going to happen right now to convince the U.S. to suddenly start a new space program, accelerated, oh, not but on they the won't present be able plan, but something themselves. better. They won't be able to, You know when they launched their first uh, manned mission? They waited till the, the, challenge, uh, the Columbia after the Columbia disaster where we were grounded. That's what they do. They didn't, they wanted to lord it over us. They couldn't help themselves. So if it's not the Chinese, is there anything else that could oh, persuade the, the us? The Russians are, you know, the Russians have a lot of oil money and they already have a moon rocket called the Energia. 
that they could, uh, they all have the blueprints. It was launched twice. It was very successful. And they have a lot of oil money now. In fact, they're making money every day because of all this trouble in the Middle East because we get a lot of our oil from Russia. And maybe they're controlling the oil speculators to oh, increase the price. Oh, if, you, if, if, you're, if you're Vladimir Putin, you're sitting there eating popcorn, <laughs> watching, watching everything in the Middle East. I don't think he's that kind of person. I think he's a health food nut. You know, he's uh, uh, yeah, black that's belt, true. He's karate a, and everything. Yeah, he's a no, but he's a very smart guy. And um, well, by the way, what they're going to do? It, my my proposal, in fact, was to continue the shuttle program at one launch a year. And I hope they do. I believe they will do that. But uh, if they don't, we're going to end the shuttle program with great fanfare, and the Chinese are going to immediately start launching. <laughs> As many man people in those spaces they can, because they're gonna they're gonna make us lose face. So maybe they're gonna. Well, do they want to make us. us. Look, they want to rub our saying, faces. Is that in what it. you're saying, John? They're going to do it without telling us. They're just going to launch the probe, launch oh, yeah. the trip to the moon. Oh, yeah. They're not going to telegraph this information. They're going to keep it secret. They're going to launch this, and one day we'll wake up. It's already happened. It's too late. Oh well, we keep it careful. It's very difficult to disguise a space launch. Uh, but uh, they're they're going to try and rub our faces in the fact that we won't have a manned space program once we if we stop the shuttle. Uh, I said keep the shuttle going at one launch a year until we have a replacement for it, the Dragon Nine uh, or the you know the the Dra- the Dragon space capsule. Have that delivering uh, Americans to the space station, then then stop the shuttle. Um, Okay, but why would they listen to John Brandenburg? They must have their own ideas. What's that? They don't listen to you. Oh, some people listen to me. Okay. Well, we've been listening to They're you probably for a couple listening hours to now, John. We're just about the end of this second journey with you. The book, again, is called Life and Death on Mars, The New Mars Synthesis, where all this is outlined, all the possibilities that make further Mars exploration so compelling. So attractive. Maybe we did originate from Mars in some fashion. Who knows what we might find there, what mysteries to resolve. Where can our listeners find more of the things you do? Um, let's see. Oh, I'm going to put up a Facebook page here pretty quick. I've, I've okay. finally broken down decided to do that. And uh, so if you're on Facebook, you'll be seeing a, a my Facebook page where I'll have kind of the, some of the things I do and the books that I've written. And instead of seeing um, his face, ladies and gentlemen, It'll be the face on Mars. Chris O'Brien, where do we find more of your stuff? Um, OurStrangePlanet.com and, of course, All right. uh, yeah, forums.theparacast.com. And, John, we've got to have you back to talk about your new book, uh, which is the GEM uh, Unified the Gem Field Theory. GEM Unified Field Theory. Yep. Einstein was right all along, actually. Well, he was mostly right. Dr. John Brandenburg, thank you so much for joining us this week on the Paracast. Okay, we have to go to Mars first and find out what caused the big explosion. That's absolutely imperative. The Paracast is a copyrighted presentation of Making the Impossible Incorporated. Tune in next week for a new adventure in the Paracast. Paracast.